0: President Minor, the recording is now on. It is 2.05
1: p.m. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. I am using my gavel to call to order this regular meeting of the San Francisco Civil Service Commission on Monday, September 18, 2023 at 2.05 p.m. Our commission staff will read a statement with more information about our meeting today. Thereafter, our staff tell us how we're handling public comment. Before our staff starts, I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome our newest commissioner, Commissioner Vitus Leung. Welcome, we're excited to have you here with us and you're joining us on a day we have a very full agenda. So welcome and uh, congratulations on your appointment.
2: Thank you so much. I look forward to uh, working with the fellow commissioners here. It's a great day for me. I'm Not sure what I've gotten myself into, but uh, we'll <laughs> learn together. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
3: Good afternoon and welcome to the Civil Service Commission meeting this Monday September 18 2023 this meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall room 400 and available to view on Webex if you have an item the public may listen to the meeting by calling 415-655-0001 and entering access code 2660264 Six, seven, one, three. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment on items not on the agenda at the beginning of the meeting. There will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the Commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Commission staff will provide further instructions on how to provide public comment via phone or video. If you need assistance accessing the meeting virtually or by phone, please call 628-652-1100. Please note that city policies along with federal, state, and local law prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and this will not be tolerated. Moreover, public comment is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body. Commission staff will now provide further instructions on making public comment remotely.
4: As stated on our agenda and our website, this meeting is being held remotely for members who wish to listen and or to make public comment. The phone number is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID code is 2660-264-6713. Please make sure that you're in a quiet location and that you turn off any television or radio to reduce the reverberation so the Commission can hear you. At the appropriate time, the President will ask for the phone lines to be opened. If you wish to comment on the particular item, you will be prompted to press star three. This will add you to the speaker line. The auto prompt will say that callers are entering question and answer time, but this is the public comment period. You will be queued up in the order in which you press star three. There will be an automated voice that will tell you when it is your turn to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and to make your comments. Commission staff will start your three minutes when you begin talking. When your time is up, I will say thank you. Next caller, please. At this point, the moderator will put you back on mute.
1: Thank you. Executive Officer, we're ready for the first agenda item.
5: Item number one, call to order and roll call. President Miner. Here. Vice President Favetti. Here. Commissioner Crowley. Present. Commissioner Leung. Here. Commissioner Salveson is excused. Thank you. We're we're ready for the next agenda item. Item two: request to speak on any matter within the jurisdiction of the civil service commission, but not appearing on today's agenda.
1: Uh, members of the public and attendees, this is your opportunity to address the commission on any matter within the subject matter jurisdiction of the civil service commission. If you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star 3 now, and you have 3 minutes.
6: Yeah, my name is Steve Zeltzer. I'm with the United front committee for a labor party and I'm uh, here to. Uh, call about the uh, to talk about the stabbing of a social worker. Last week in San Francisco in the tenderloin, she's a member of SCIU 1021. And uh, apparently the stabbing of a city employee is not of great importance to the city. Uh, I wonder why. Why isn't that an issue for San Francisco, the city of San Francisco? No comment from the mayor. No comment from the human resources director. It's okay. I guess if city workers get stabbed. That's what I think the silence is about. And uh, from what I understand, the city worker complained about the conditions, the threats from a resident and nothing was done to protect her. So, I hold the city and county of San Francisco and, and you commissioners as well, and the manager, the human resources manager, executive director for responsibility for this. What are you doing to protect city workers who work in the tenderloin? And a, a lot of this has to do with privatization, outsourcing the, the robo taxis, getting rid of drivers. Uh, and I think that you have in front of you 250 million dollar uh, outsourcing to computer companies that could be done by city workers. There's massive outsourcing and privatization of public services in San Francisco through nonprofits and others, and there's no oversight. There's no oversight of this money. Where's it going? One of the reasons we have a big corruption scandal in San Francisco, in department after department, is there's no oversight, there's no responsibility. And this commission should be involved in that development of oversight. Apparently, there is no oversight. Uh, Money is being granted, and and these uh, uh, contractors, private non-contractors, and then they just add more and more money. The EPIC program is another example of that. So I think the people of San Francisco are being shortchanged. I think basically the city officials are going along with this outsourcing and privatization, and the negotiations are starting for city workers. And, of course, they're going to be attacked and blamed for the economic crisis in San Francisco, which has nothing to do with them. Really, but the whole economy uh, and the whole economic situation here in San Francisco and around the country, it's not just unique to San Francisco. So, I, I think that there has to be accountability. And as also also 1021 has been completely silent about the uh, attack stabbing attack on a social service worker. And I think, again, it shows the lack of uh, concern. The lack of responsibility of city officials about the protection of workers in the city and county of San Francisco and that has to change.
1: We appreciate your comments. Any additional comments, public comments in the room? Um, uh, Deputy Director, Deputy Director Holmes, you have comments to read?
7: Yes, thank you, President Minor. Um, I have a comment, public comment from pa- Patrick Monette Shaw. Says, Dear President Miner and members of the Civil Service Commission. This is testimony about an issue not on today's Civil Service Commission agenda. As I testified during the Civil Service Commission August 21st meeting, there's definitely a problem with commission follow-up monitoring and oversight of personal services contracts once they are approved by the Civil Service Commission and city departments have obtained authority under a PSC to begin issuing contracts. Take, for instance, the Department of Public Health, the Civil Service Commission previously approved PSC 49607-1516 for DPH with an authorization amount of 17 million as the approved amount. But the table below shows SFDPH has subsequently issued at least four contracts citing PSC 49607 1516, in the actual contract language as the authority to outsource the contracted services, the four contracts issue exceed the authorized PSC amount by at least 5.8 million. And there is a table that describes that on the um, letter. As the table shows, the four contracts awarded under PSC 49607-1516 have already reached 22. 0.8 0.8 million, and it's not yet known is if SFDPH is going to cite PSC 49607-1516 again as the basis of authority to award additional contracts related to Laguna Honda Hospital's recertification efforts. What this suggests is that the Civil Service Commission does not currently have a system in place to provide oversight of whether contracts eventually awarded by city department actually end up exceeding the authorized amounts approved under personal service contract approved by the Civil Service Commission. It also suggests the Civil Service Commission lacks basic internal processes to guard against this sort of contract and abuse. It is not known how many other city departments have done the same sort of contracting by issuing actual contracts that exceed the amount authorized and any given approved PSC number, nor is it known whether SFDPH has done this before with other PSC award numbers and whether this may be, be a part and parcel of SFDPH pattern in practice. The Civil Service Commission should work with the City Controller's Office to develop and implement an automated tracking system to identify situations in which city departments Issue contracts valued at more than their authorized PSC numbers. It is clear that existing oversight and tracking tools in Data SF and other databases may be inadequate and may not currently. Thank you.
1: Uh thank you, Deputy Director Holmes. Uh, Elizabeth, are there any callers on the line?
0: President Minor, we have two callers. I'm gonna unmute oh. the first caller. Thank you. Caller, please state and spell your name for the record.
8: Yes, it's Patrick Manet While I appreciate Deputy Director Holmes reading that letter into the record, I did not ask her to do that. Instead, I asked her via email to forward that letter to each member of the Civil Service Commission. I did not intend for her to read the whole letter into the record, but I want it distributed by email to each Commission member. Um, I uh, want to add that that two-page letter I sent to her itemizes the poor contracts by contract number that SMTTH actually issued under TSC 49607. And I want to reiterate that the civil service commission has claims that there are, I'm sorry, but I I think it was Either DHR or the city administrator who claimed that there were sufficient um, electronic search methods to track uh, contracts in the city, including in SM um, data SF. But that's simply not true because there's no mechanism that links the PSC number issued that are cited in actual contracts to link the actual contract back to the PSC award number. You guys need to fix this problem. And, again, um, I if I wanted Director Holmes to read a lengthy letter into the record, I wouldn't have asked her for that but that is not what I asked her. I asked her to forward that letter to each of the commissioners. Thank you.
1: Uh, Caller, this is President Minor. Your letter was in fact forwarded to all of the commissioners in advance of the meeting, and we all had an opportunity to read it. It is the practice of the commission to read Correspondence we receive into the record. Thank you. Thank you for your public comment as well as submitting the letter. Uh, Elizabeth, we're ready for the next caller. Caller,
9: please. Okay. Uh, can you please
10: uh, my, state but,
9: your
0: name and spell for the record,
10: please? Yes, yeah, my name is Cheryl Thornton, and my uh, name is spelled Z H E R. Y-L Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. And I would like to note that I am not on city time. Um, So I'm calling today, I'm making a public comment on three things. First, about um, the stabbing that happened in the tenderloin. Um, As a private citizen, um, I spoke with the standard newspaper. And as a result, I've been harassed by management for making this comment to the paper, not as a city employee, but as a private citizen. Um, I do have First Amendment rights, and I'm not sure why the department is harassing me, but um, I would like to refer to the Dr. Gould report, because this is one of the things that, uh, especially black workers face in the workplace, managers overstepping their bounds and trying to trip people into, discipline when they shouldn't even be in-it shouldn't be uh, as-there should be no discipline involved. I was a private citizen making a comment and I've been harassed ever since about this comment. Number two, um, I noticed that um, there were no written minutes for this meeting. For the last meeting, August 21st, I would like to know what happened to the minutes and our public comment for the August 21st meeting. And then the third thing I want to bring up is how these, um, at least in the Department of Public Health, managers say they want to talk to you about something, you're not, uh, you're not entitled to representation. And then next thing you know, they're referring it to personnel and you're facing discipline. And I just think that that is an unfair labor practice that they're doing over here in DPH. Oh, and then the final thing I want to comment on is we have labor, labor management conferences here And for the past 12 months, I have been locked out of the labor management conference for one reason or another. And this is a venue where we go to speak about issues around that are happening in the workplace. But in DPH, our HR is um, not allowing me access. And I just feel that this is retaliation for a previous litigation that I had against this department. So I need the director of HR to look into what is going on in DPH in in regards to me. So, thank you.
1: Uh, Thank you, employee Thornton. Uh, Elizabeth, any additional callers?
0: No further public comment at this time, President Minor. Okay,
1: Uh, thank you. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda item.
5: Item 3 approval of minutes regular meeting of August 21st, 2023 recommendation adopt the minutes commissioners. I do need uh, to make an amendment to the minutes. We were recently informed that uh, at the August 21st meeting, we read allow a submit a written submission by Patrick Maneshaw for. Um, and it was to be included uh in the minutes, not to be read aloud for public comment. Um, and um under Sunshine Ordinance section 67.16, that is permitted if it's 150 words or less. So we wanted to make the announcement that the minutes will be amended to include the written summary that was submitted by Patrick Moneshaw from the last meeting.
1: Okay, Um, thank you. Commissioners, any questions, comments um, related to the minutes of our meeting of August 21. Vice President Favetti.
11: I just wanted a small clarification on item number 20. Um, I know I requested the report back on the Civil Service Commission, I just said it be placed on the the, um, consent agenda rather
1: than the regular agenda. Yes, Um, I'm sorry, Commissioner, Vice President Favetti, you were not talking in the mic, Oh, which one is it?
11: Um, It's a very small change Uh under item number 20, Commissioner's Announcements and Requests. Mm -hmm. To clarify and to add the wording after the word um, quote, report back to the Civil Service Commission on PSC reports that they'd be placed on the consent agenda instead of the regular agenda.
1: Okay, thank you. Okay, if we could have a motion any second to approve the minutes of our August 20 uh 1, 2023 meeting um as amended uh by the comments made at today's meeting. So moved.
12: Second as amended.
1: We have a motion and a second to approve the minutes of our August 21 meeting as amended at today's meeting. If you have public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium or press star three now.
0: President Miner, we do have public
9: comment. Okay. Uh, We're ready for the public
8: comment.
0: The speaker, please
8: state your name for the record. Okay, it's Patrick, Minets, uh, you should have the spelling of it. I want to thank. The commission for. Acknowledging that these minutes needed to be amended to include my 150 word public comment. Thank you for doing that. Uh, this afternoon. I will withdraw the Sunshine Complaint to save uh, the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force time, to save you time, and to save me time. Just FYI, I have been a Sunshine Ordinance Watchdog for going on 20 years. I have affected change uh, uh, with Uh, ensuring compliance by various boards and commissions by winning many, many, many of my Sunshine complaints, including at the Retirement Board, the uh, San Francisco City Employees Retirement System. Um, I had this same battle about getting uh, my 150 word Uh, written comments included in their meeting minutes. So I am glad that you guys have come to your senses, that I have brought to your attention the rules of the Sunshine Ordinance. So thank you. I will withdraw that complaint to save everybody time. Um, I just submitted testimony a few minutes ago, for three separate agenda items on today's agenda, also for inclusion in the meeting minutes of today's meeting. So be on the lookout for that email. And um, just to save everybody time, while it may be your pattern and practice to read written correspondence into the record, You don't have any real requirement under the Sunshine Ordinance to do so, and you don't really need to do that with my correspondence as long as you are forwarding it to the commission members. Thank you for your time.
1: Uh, Thank you for your comments and for withdrawing your complaint. Uh, I'm glad to see that we were able to comply with the Sunshine Ordinance. Uh, Elizabeth, any additional public comment?
0: President Minor, no more, more public comment at this time.
1: Okay. Uh, commissioners, the roll call vote on the motion to approve the minutes of our August 21 meeting as uh as the minutes were amended at today's meeting. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Carley Aye. Commissioner Liam. And I vote aye. We have uh, approved our minutes, the have- final.
13: I'm sorry, commissioner um, commissioner, Lynn you cannot abstain from a vote um, without a majority vote of the other commissioners here. So if you wish to abstain from the vote, even though you weren't at the meeting, I understand why you want to abstain and um, we'll have to take an initial vote before you can do so.
1: Okay, <laughs> um, commissioner, did you have an opportunity to review the minutes? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, are you comfortable voting? Sure. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, City Attorney, thank you. Uh, We have approved the minutes of our meeting of August 21. Uh, We're ready for the next agenda item.
5: Item 4 announcements announcements of changes to the agenda commissioners item 23 request for hearing by Tyree Robinson, former senior clerk type is 1426 on their future employment restriction with the city and county of San Francisco has requested postponement.
9: Do I know the changes? Was that postponed
1: to a date certain?
5: Unfortunately, we have not been able to hear about. We were just informed uh, of the change. Thank you. Um, We're ready for the next agenda item. Item five, human resources director's report. Director Eisen, good to see you. We're ready for your report. Madam
9: President. Is that better? Uh, Madam President, uh, members of the commission, first I would like to uh,
14: congratulate and welcome Commissioner Leung. Looking forward to working with you, Commissioner. Uh, we have a lot going on here, and I'm sure you'll figure it out quickly. Um, I want to report today on uh, our progress on civil service rule amendments and let you know first that on uh, at the end of August, on August 24th. I issued a citywide memo, uh, providing uh, implementation guidelines on the 1st set of rule changes that this commission adopted, um, that you adopted on the 7th of August. Um, then on our, uh, our, at the end of August, and we'll continue to do this, our employment services division hosted a citywide virtual forum. Uh, to ensure consistent, we're working towards consistency of that implementation and we'll continue to work with our constituent departments and to monitor and report to you as we go. We do have, uh, the Department of human resources has 2 additional rule changes that we would like the commission to uh, consider at its next meeting. Um, and this will be a continuing series of amendments that we present to you. Um. At this point, we're focusing on those rules that um, are, we believe are outdated uh, in relation to our recent changes in, in investment in technology. So I'm gonna talk about two issues um, that we will be bringing to this commission and put on your calendar for the next meeting. Uh, the first is the definition of seniority. Um, presently, seniority is tied to the certification date um, which uh, means that batches of people have the same uh, seniority date. It's based on when the department submits a REC um, uh, for filling and it becomes certified. Um, this presents some significant systems problems, and we're going to be proposing that the seniority date change from certification date to appointment date for all new hires going forward. The proposed rule chain would change would be perspective. It would not affect citywide seniority date for any current employees uh, in any class to which they've been appointed. Um, The proposed change would align our practices with the changes in technology and would allow us to create system efficiencies, which we'll explain in the report that we submit to you um, in advance of your meeting on October 2nd. The second um, rule change that we would like you to consider is to make um, the rule of the list the default certification rule for all uh, continuous testing. DHR will be proposing this um, for continuous class-based testing examinations to be rule of the list. Um, The proposed rule changes um, allow us to modernize our testing process, similar to what we just did with administrative analysts and others. Um, We'll create system efficiencies, we'll reduce the time to hire, and it it will allow us to um, continue uh, to be able to hire uh, in classifications with high vacancy rates and high turnover rates. We'll also be bringing this to you at your meeting of October 2nd. Um, We believe that this is a a change that would make a lot of sense. Um, It would allow us to keep our candidate pools refreshed it would allow um, applicants um, to be uh, to continue to use our technology and to be able to consider applicants as they come to us. Um, so we're looking forward to presenting our staff reports to you on these two items and for
1: you to take up these issues.
14: Um, that is my report for today
1: and I'm uh, happy to take any comments or questions. Director Eisen, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Crowley.
12: Director Eisen, I suspect along with this, there's a meet and confer element, and are, you're going to continue to do that, I suspect.
14: For Similar to how we did the last rule changes, we'll present to you. Um, you'll, If you're comfortable with them, you'll uh, adopt. Uh, it'll be a, te- a tentative action pending meeting confer.
1: Thank you. No further questions, Madam okay. Chair. Vice President Favetti.
11: Uh, And especially with regard to seniority and uh, those other issues, uh, it would be really important to make sure that we go through a lot of different scenarios and take on uh, what happens when people transfer from one department to another, determining citywide seniority versus departmental seniority um, and the number of uh, transitions and reinstatement rights, ensuring that people are not inadvertently, inadvertently losing rights that they would previously have had. That would be 1 of my concerns, making sure that the beauty of our system at this point is that, in fact, we have very few people who actually are not laid off completely because it's built in. So, that the system absorbs different different budgetary cuts by department, uh, and allows for, uh, reemployment rights automatic. As far as once a person reaches a civil service seniority also, it would be able to important to be able to. Distinguish between those individuals who do have civil service rights uh, versus those who are they may be provisional or exempt. So that's just my commentary. I'm looking forward to seeing how that work plays out, and see how that uh, the that, that the exercise the, the layoff exercises work. It's actually a misnomer in a sense. It's not really layoff. It's it's um, reemployment. I would say. <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, Commissioners, any additional questions or comments for Director Eisen? Okay. We will, uh, as we started to do, uh, take public comment on Director Eisen's uh, report to the Commission. If you have public comment, you may come to the podium if you're in the room. If you're on the telephone, uh, press star 3 now.
0: President Miner, no public comment at this time.
1: Okay, we have public comment in the room. Please come to the podium,
6: state your name for the record. Hello, my name is Jesse Stanton. I'm a rank and file member of SEIU 10 to 1, a shop steward and I'm employed with the San Francisco Human Service Agency. Um, I uh, had previously before that, thank you for having me this afternoon. Uh, previously before this body, I expressed concern about rule of the list and continuous testing with some specific recruitments that were being uh, tried on a trial basis. I uh, would like to reiterate my concern that I feel like in the absence of de identification, especially the rule of the list with the continuous hiring invitation to explicit bias in the hiring process. And it cuts against the uh, merit system that this this body is uh, is present to uh, maintain. And so I I just uh, I I look forward to seeing the actual substance of the changes, but I uh, would like to reiterate my concerns about explicit bias in the hiring process being facilitated the rule of the list and uh, continuous testing, especially in the absence of de-identification. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank
9: you.
15: Ms. Daniels, thank you. Good afternoon, Commission. Naj Daniels, representative with SEIU 1021. My comment is to the part of the report that speaks to the revisions around seniority and just hoping that this will be a deep conversation and that DHR will come to the table with unions with all examples and possible impacts figured out so that we can have a very deep conversation. As we all know, this is a very strong tenet that is held highly by all unions, not just SEIU. So, thank you for the heads up and we look forward to the
1: Conversation.
6: Thank you, Steve Zeltzer, United Public Service United Front Committee for a Labor Party. I think that the attack, ongoing attack on civil service uh, rules and protections for city workers, uh, is is apparent in this thing. Uh, it used to be the top three uh, on the test got the pick, but then they made open the list and this has allowed more nepotism, corruption in the city, employment. And it's not merit-based, Is what a manager wants and they hold back on employment. So it's part of the whole scale attack on civil service and I think it's another part of the corruption ongoing in the city and county of San Francisco. So I would say we should go back to the rule of three and not dispense with good civil service protection which is where you're going at this point, and the, and the manager of the human resources director is going. Uh, it's harmful to city employees. Uh, why take a test? If you're going to have nepotism operating in the city county, of San Francisco. That's what's going on. Uh, people get uh, people have been employed who don't even take a test temporarily. And we've had previous meetings where people have said, why aren't you giving tests? They've been waiting 10 years, 510 years for a test. We have to protect civil service. We have to protect. Professionalism in City and County of San Francisco, and we have to stop the nepotism and cronyism that's going on in employment in San Francisco civil service, which leads to this corruption crisis that we're in right now.
1: Thank you for your comments. Any additional comments on Director Eisen's report? Director Eisen, thank you. Look forward to a meeting of October second and the ongoing work to uh, improve our rules. We are ready for the next. We are ready for the next agenda item. Item six: Executive Officer's
5: Report. Response to the Commission's request on selected pending appeals. Recommendation: Accept the report. Commissioners, at the meeting of August twenty first, twenty twenty three, Vice President Kate Favetti requested an updated status on the selected appeals below. Um, at this time of the 14 appeals, the commission office is still waiting uh, for updates on two of the appeals. Are there any
1: questions? Mm-hmm. Uh, vice president for. Vetting?
11: I guess um, I was looking at uh, particularly 0136 16 7 request for a hearing on future employability with the city and county on page 2 item number 1. Um, it, it appears that there was a grievance. That it was resolved and i was wondering if there is a possibility we just notify the department that it will be calendar the first week in november and see what kind of response that we have received and just to be able to resolve it because this is 2016 at seven years um it seems that we since the, the grievance has been resolved that we should be able to um then resolve the appeal on the future employment of this individual um and then i think that was the one that I had uh, kind of the biggest concern on. I know that you don't have the, there is one other appeal that you haven't heard yet. Um, I don't know if it's, if you're going to be, are you in communication at all with the department?
5: Yes, I have to say that uh, of the 14. 14- Uh, I mean, at least 12 of them were very quick in doing research and getting back to us because they understood that we were required to report back to the commission. We were just having difficulty on the last 2. So,
11: uh, unless there's a a objection, um. From the department or uh, any commissioner, um, it just seems that since, uh, for the sheriff's department issue. Since it was filed in 2016, the grievance was. Resolved in 2017, um, it just seems to me that we should just move it on in the calendar. It's. Um, just as delayed and that sort of thing
5: for the 1st meeting in November, mm-hmm. you just say, like, okay. Yes, yeah, so I think we're going to have
11: a heavy calendar on October. And this also gives the sheriff's department, I believe it's the sheriff's department, right? Adequate time
1: to be able to respond and prepare
11: okay. as well as the appellant. And
1: with that. Uh, thank you, Vice President Favetti. Are you ready to make a motion? Uh, any any additional questions to Executive Officer about pending appeals? Okay. Uh, you ready for a motion? Yeah, I would move to accept the report. Thank you very much. Second. Okay. We have a motion and a second to accept uh, the staff report on um, updated information on a pending appeals before the commission. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Thank you. Commissioner roll call vote on the motion to accept the report on the updated information on appeals pending before the commission. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crowley. Aye. Commissioner Leon. Aye. And I vote aye. We have uh, approved the motion. Uh, Thank you. We are ready for the next agenda item.
5: We are now on the ratification agenda. All matters on the ratification agenda are considered by the Civil Service Commission to be non-contested and will be acted upon by a single vote of the Commission. There will be no separate discussion on these items unless a request is made, in which event the matter shall be removed from the ratification agenda and considered as a separate item. Item 7, review of requests for approval of proposed personal services contracts, Recommendation of the human resources director, adopt the report, approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the office of the controller and the office of contract administration.
1: Uh, commissioners we have in front of us, the ratification agenda uh, agenda item number 7, uh, please indicate, uh, if there are any items that you'd like to have pulled from the ratification agenda. Um, If you would indicate the department and the PSC number, Vice President Favetti. Okay, that would be uh,
11: five four three six nine dash twenty three twenty four for Emergency Management. I have one question on that, and I have a question on four one four eight nine twenty two or excuse me dash twenty three twenty four Public Utilities Commission.
1: Which which Public Utilities
11: Commission? Uh, the four one four
9: eight nine. Commissioner Crowley.
12: Uh, Madam Chair, 48217 uh, 2223 and the rest that uh, Vice President Favetti has covered. What department was that? Uh, that's Department of Early Childhood. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Leon.
9: Likewise, four eight two one seven twenty two twenty three. 2223.
1: Okay, Um, we are ready, we have a, we're ready for a motion and a second to approve the ratification agenda, minus the, I have three pulled contracts, is that correct? Minus the three pulled contracts.
11: I would move to adopt the report and approve the request for proposed personal services contracts. To office, uh, to notify the office of the controller and the office of contract administration.
1: Second, we have a motion and a second to approve the ratification agenda minus the three pulled contracts. If you're in the room and you have public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at
1: this time. Okay, commissioners, the roll call vote to approve the ratification agenda. Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Crowley? Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved the ratification agenda. We will now take up the three contracts that the three PSCs that were pulled. The first one is Department of Early Childhood 48217. Who is with us from the department?
16: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, Ingrid Mesquita, the Executive Director of the San Francisco Department of Early Childhood.
1: Great. Thank you for being here. We had two commissioners who pulled this and uh, we will have them ask the questions.
12: Madam Chair, I'll defer to my colleague.
1: Yes, Commissioner Leon.
12: Great.
2: Thank you so much. Um, Can you share with us uh, what is the current service now? and then uh, what is the problem that you're trying to resolve with this uh, personal services contract?
16: Sure. So we're a newly created department. It's a result of two um, old departments. Um, The Office of Early Care and Education, which used to be under the umbrella of the Human Services Agency, and First Five San Francisco. We just merged last fiscal year into a new entity, which uh, looks at all funded services, locally funded services for children, birth to five Um, as a new department, we've carried over some systems in terms of information and technology um, that are mostly used for grant management. Uh, Now, as a single department, we've grown over 300% in public grant making and that's um, very much to the gracious voters of San Francisco who enacted um baby prophecy back in 2018 but it was under litigation for several years until recently and so now we're doing an enormous amount of public grant making to a variety of nonprofit organizations um school district and we really need to conduct better and more sophisticated ways of programmatic reporting not only to the board of supervisors but also to our commission to our community advisory committee um, in not only the early education trends, analysis and interventions, um, but really with much more um, transparency and accountability, especially because we need to also evaluate children's outcomes um, for the time being what we are doing is collecting collecting a lot of administrative data in different Excel files. <laughs> um, But not necessarily in, um, I would say, in a more um, adaptable or even scalable way in the way that we're doing um, public grant making now. And so we're looking at ways of um, information technology systems that can be customized towards collecting both at the child level, family level, early educator level information that can be used not only for the cities. Um, performance measures, but again, sort of looking at this around shared accountability and transparency, and most importantly, to be able to intervene in real time um, around children's developmental needs. So that's in summary. So right now we have a very, very small, small system that we've been using. Um, The last time I came to the Civil Service Commission was 17 years ago. Um, So that's how old the system is.
2: Uh, you mentioned uh, in your description of work that there is some training component to that. Could you elaborate on what those training uh, might be?
16: Well, um, it's at m- many different levels. So there's data collection at the um, that we we require of grantees um, that would be at the um, child care sites, for example, or family support sites like community based organizations, the school district. And. Um, that there needs to be training on the user end, but also there's training at the super user ends like ourselves, Uh, but we still haven't, we're still not at that level of being able to say how it's gonna look like, and that's why we're coming to you um, for that level of of approval process.
2: So the last question, so the expectation is that in terms of the end user, that the 1053 and 1063 uh, incumbents in those classifications
9: would absorb that
16: work? I'm not sure what the 1053s and 1063s are. Sorry Uh, for my uh, ignorance.
2: So those are the IS program analysts senior.
16: Currently we have 1823s and 1824s in our department that do a lot of that analysis, but they're not programmers
9: per se. Thank you, uh, Commissioner. Any additional questions?
1: No. Yeah. Okay. okay, Commissioner Crowley.
12: So I guess my question uh, jumps on Commissioner Long's question about who's doing the work once the program is in place, and as the software—the term I dislike most—proprietary, in a sense. Will that be handed over to civil servants to perform such work in the future?
16: Yes. So yes to your latter question. Currently, we have, like I said, an 1800 series from 1822, 1823 to 1824s that are cu- currently doing analysis of various um, Excel spreadsheets that we have, and um, we need to have a unified system where we can have. Hundreds of users be able to interact with it, um, and for us to be able to have real-time data, and that—that's a project that is beyond the scalability of 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 our current staff.
12: Okay, Madam Chair, I have no further questions.
9: Okay, thank you, Commissioner Carley. Can you make a motion? I would move to approve. I'll second.
1: Okay. We have a motion and a second to approve uh, PSC 482172223 Department of Early Childhood. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, press star 3. President
0: Meitner, no public comment at
15: this time.
1: Okay, Ms. Daniels is at the podium in the room.
15: Good afternoon, Naj Daniels representative with SEIU 1021. I just wanted to go on record to say that the the union is also trying to meet with this department to discuss how the impacts may be to SEIU represented classifications like of the 1800 series that was mentioned. Thank you. Thank you.
11: That's a follow up question to the department.
1: Vice President Favetti. Uh,
11: yes, uh, so, uh, in view of the public comment, although I'm not objecting, of course, to the motion that I made in the 2nd, I would like to know from the department, because this has now raised a question. Uh, will you, do you have plans to meet with SEIU on this? Service
16: absolutely Um, and we've been doing so even through the. um, Beginning conversations of the merger.
1: Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we have an additional public comment.
6: Steve Zeltzer, United, United Front Committee for a Labor Party: uh, Ten million dollars to outside contractors. Why can't that be done by city employees? Why are we spending ten million dollars when we could hire city employees to do this work? It's a lot of money. Is there an explanation for that? Are city workers incapable of doing this kind of work? I think these agencies need to be asked some questions about this contracting out. You're going to vote on another $250 million? It's a lot of money. There's a systemic problem in San Francisco of work being outsourced to outside contractors when it could be done by city workers. I think you're failing to do your job in making sure that the departments hire city workers to do this work so it's not outsourced and contracted out, which costs the city more in the long run. There are all kinds of examples of the outsourcing of work with these contractors ending up costing tremendous overruns. And the city is dealing with proprietary software of these other companies, and we're locked in. It's a waste of money, and I think it's, again, a problem, a systemic problem in the city and county of San Francisco.
1: Thank you for your comments. Any additional comments? We are ready, Commissioners, for the roll call vote on uh, PSC 48217-2223. Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Carley Aye. Commissioner Leon. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 48217. The next pulled contract was Department of Emergency Management Four five three six nine four five three six nine. Who is here from the department?
17: Juan Soto with the Department of
11: Emergency Management. Okay. thank you for being here. Oh, welcome. Uh, Good afternoon. Um, my question has to do with the length and the reason for the length of this contract. We have 10 years here. And uh, I was wondering if you could expand a bit on what you have indicated in 1 um, E about the request to that is an excess of 5, 5 years. Um, I did not get a clear idea as to why the 10 years is needed. And so I would appreciate if you could um, expand on that.
17: Okay, so the contracts, we need, we need the contracts for nine years for the maintenance of the NICE, uh, NICE system. So we're going to have the installation of the NICE system products by the NICE uh, company. And then we have a service agreement to maintain the system for their experts.
11: Perhaps it would be helpful to roll out or to describe your, your timeline rollout.
9: Yes. So
17: we're going to have the deployment of the devices in the first years. And then every year, they're going to have a general maintenance, maintenance of the system. In the first uh, four years, the idea is to upgrade the software of the equipment. And then the, every year is going to be a regular maintenance of the system, making sure all the services and, and capabilities are up to date.
11: So, are you anticipating that you would be issuing a contract within or, or, complete, or complete the uh, start of the contract within a year, and then that the contract would go for nine years?
17: Oh, we anticipate to complete the process for this contract by December this year, and then the, the, the contract will start nine years.
11: And so you're looking at a nine-year
9: contract? Correct. A, a fixed time?
11: Correct. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't have any problems as far as with the contract itself, unless other commissioners have uh, other questions.
2: I like an elaboration on in terms of why 9 years.
11: Yes.
17: Mm-hmm.
2: Can you explain why 9 years and not 8 or
17: 11? I mean, why well, the, the, the current magic? contract uh, is 5 years. And it turned out to be kind of a short time. So, 9 years will give us enough time. To install this so far, and also do other integrations with other. Um, other, con- o- other equipment that we also deployment deploying for the Department of Emergency Management, like the new CAT system. So this this system can integrate with this other system, but the CAT system will be integrated like within five years. So if we can extend this contract to nine years, we can also integrate the CAT system. As one of the features, and that would be beneficial for the city. And if you're not satisfied with the contract,
11: do you have a way to unplug it? Correct, yes.
9: Yeah, there's a clause that would allow us to stop the contract if there's any issues.
11: Well, why not we have you report back in five years uh, just as a standard measure as to how the, how the contract is progressing and whether you're satisfied with the services and whether you're going to be continuing on for the next five years?
17: Well, we are very satisfied with the NICE Corporation. Uh, they are the only sole, sole pro- provider of this system. And this system is very important for the Department of Emergency Management for the NICE, NICE system. As it records on the audio, or 911 calls, um, that, uh, screenshots, and also telephone calls. So it's very important, this system for us. And we believe nine-year service agreement is the, the best and more um, post-effective solution for us.
11: What if there's a better service that comes beyond after you have five years? Do you have a way to be able to transition to that better service?
17: I think we can include that in the contract. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What was that again? I think we can include that in the contract, This that clause in the contract,
11: yes.
17: Okay, so we, this would be a, a report that would go on the
11: consent agenda. It would not be a difficult one. It would be just one that would say, you know, what the progress has been in five years and that would be in 2028 uh so uh, I would move to approve unless there's
2: four more questions from the I do have one more question uh you list uh in the description uh that ten ninety four the i t operation support administrator can do this work uh given the longevity of the given the the nine years of that contract, can you not uptrain the ten ninety four incumbents to do this work during the term of the uh the the contract
17: well, we have very qualified people in the city of San Francisco that can be trained to, to help monitor the system. But at the end of the day, the engineers for NICE are the ones that have their master codes and their proprietary information to serve their product. And they don't allow anybody to, to, to work that deep level to the product so what they provide is training they provide training for the users and they provide technical training to resolve and troubleshoot some issues but we need them to do system upgrades and deep troubleshootings and there's no other way around because they are the owners of the product
9: Well um Commissioner Leon,
11: additional questions? No. I was just going to say unless there's additional questions, I would just move to approve. Okay. No. Uh, subject to a five-year report.
9: Okay. Is there a second? Second.
1: We have a motion uh to approve four five three six nine. Uh, subject to a report back in five years, which will be uh, December of 2028. Uh, if you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the phone, you may press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time
1: okay uh, commissioners the roll call vote to approve uh psc 45369 uh department of emergency management subject to a five-year uh report back in uh december of 2028 vice president favetti aye commissioner crawley aye commissioner leon aye uh and i vote aye we have approved four five three six nine the final contract proved uh, uh pulled was uh, puc Four one four eight nine twenty-three twenty-four. Who is with us from SFPUC?
9: be Me, David Carter. Mr. Carter? Yes. Okay. okay. This is
11: a very simple question. Could you tell me what funding source two four nine seven zero-298650-1000- one zero zero two nine nine eight five plus zero zero six dash five two seven nine nine zero is. Um is this a matter of public record? Oh, I, I don't yeah. think that most people would understand what that is, including myself.
12: Can you repeat the first five numbers?
11: Two four nine seven zero dash two nine eight Six five zero dash one zero 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 one zero zero two nine nine eight five plus two zeros or one oh no one two three zeros, six dash five two seven nine nine zero. We just Thanks. need to for the public record. It would be a good idea to have the funding source in perhaps a different language. I mean, as far as not numerical entirely numerical.
12: Sure. Yep. That that, uh, that funding source is our operations, general operations fund.
11: Okay, so it's general operations fund. Yeah. Uh, and so, if you could uh, resubmit the form, we're not, I've, I have no objection to the contract whatsoever, but and resubmit the, the form to our executive director for the record. And with that, unless there's other questions by the civil by other commissioners, I would um, move to approve.
1: Okay. We have a motion and a second to approve 41489 subject to uh, resubmittal of the form to our executive officer uh, with uh, the funding source. Uh, If you're in the room and you have public uh, comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Thank you. The roll call vote, commissioners, to approve 41489 PUC, SFPUC. Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Crowley. Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved 41489. Thank you. Manager Carter, thank you for being here. Okay, we're ready for the next agenda item.
5: We are now on the consent agenda. All matters on the consent agenda considered by the civil service commission will be acted upon by a single vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion on these items unless a request is made in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent agenda and considered as a separate item. I will read items 8 through 14. Item 8, report on MTA service critical appointments exempt from civil service under Charter Sections 10.104-16 through 10.104-18. Recommendation, adopt report. Item 9, SFMTA provisional appointment report. Recommendation, adopt the report. Item 10, SFMTA position-based testing report for fiscal year 2023. Recommendation, adopt the report. Item 11, Annual Report on the City and County of San Francisco Pre-Employment Conviction History Program for Fiscal Year July 1, 2022 to June 30, 2023. Recommendation, adopt the report. Item 12, Status Report on Airport Personal Service Contract Number 41953-1819. Recommendation, adopt the report. Item 13, Status Report on Airport. Personal service contract number 48165-1819, recommendation, adopt the report. Item 14, appeal by Whitney Barca of the Human Resources Director's determination that investigative findings did not establish appellant's complaint of harassment and retaliation. Recommendation, postponed to the meeting of October 16, 2023, at the request of the
1: appellant. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have a full consent agenda and uh items eight through thirteen represent significant work from several departments. Uh we appreciate the effort and the annual reporting. Um commissioners, please indicate if there are any items that you would like pulled from the consent agenda for further discussion. Guess, Vice President Favetti. Oh
11: yes, item number eight, I just have a couple of questions. Number 10 and 11, I have a question that ties into item number 17. I may um, say, as far as background investigations. Okay. But I also wanted to say kudos. Mm
12: hmm.
1: Great. Question. Great. Uh, Commissioner Crawley.
12: I have none. Uh, sure.
1: Uh Commissioner Leon still thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with eight. Okay. Very good. Thank you. So um we we're ready for a motion and a second to approve the consent agenda minus um items eight, ten, and eleven that have been pulled. So moved. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve the consent agenda minus pulled items eight, ten, and eleven. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Thank you. Commissioners, the roll call vote on the consent agenda minus uh polled items eight, ten, and eleven. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crowley? Aye. Commissioner Leon. Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved the consent agenda minus pulled items eight, 10, and 11. Uh, The first pulled item is MTA service critical appointments. Manager Miles, welcome and thank you for
18: being here. Thank you, commissioners. My name is William Miles uh, II, SFMTA talent acquisition uh, manager. Also, have with me virtually today for any questions if we need to research them, Kitty Wong, who is our division services manager.
1: Thank you.
11: Uh, welcome, Mr. Miles. Uh, good to see you. I just have a question on a couple, I just, in fact, a clarification. It's on the, um, the exempt um, uh, 5502, well, it's not just, yeah, it's 5520, 5500 series. Um and it's still for the appointments that have it appears that they have expired um as of the of 2021. And then there's an example the a, a uh what I really want is the there's an explanation and I just wanted to sort of get an idea of what is this does this mean the project rescope approved by project manager committee, pre-employment process in in progress. Or interviews in progress, but if it's expired, I'm trying to figure out how would you be just how that all ties in. Thank you.
18: Um, so, yes, for those positions for our project managers, we go through a special review committee. Um, that's called our project management committee. I actually forget all the time what the O stands for, but it's Mm -hmm. called PMO. Um, but essentially this committee reviews all of our project positions to make sure that they are truly projects that we are moving forward with. As well as to make sure that they are at the right appropriate level um, for some of these positions. They definitely had gotten behind in those reviews by the committee. Um, these ones have been moving forward with the projects rescope, which essentially means if you can imagine some of our projects, like central subway vart be it uh, the Venice. Uh, which is now finished, but when it was a full project and Gary street, uh, these are long term projects so unfortunately you know we do have with the charter that we have three year durations for our positions but you know the research is one phase of the project then you have the implementation as another phase you have the close as another phase so this committee really looks at those phases of the project to make sure that we are actually moving forward with actually completing it making sure we have transition of our um, knowledge of the what needs to move forward from one stage to another um, so these are moving forward as projects rescopes in the next stage. They just had not been processed at that time. Uh, to my understanding, they have been processed now. They just were not by July. 1st is when we actually wrote up this report.
11: So, you can be re, so is the, ex, uh, the expiration date then going to be changing from 20 20? Yes.
18: Yes. Okay. It would be a brand new appointment with a brand new expiration date.
11: What I was curious about was, you know, some things like, um, you know, track and railway replacement projects, LRB procurement program. Um, and those are kind of permanent as far as. It seems that that's something that's an ongoing, an ongoing kind of, it's not, I, it's almost not an ongoing. Job it's and why is it considered just a project? Yeah, Um, part of the uh, fabric of the entire.
18: Yeah, I heard 1 of them LRV, which I know the answer to that What was the other 1 you might have said there.
11: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, LRV procurement um, with the citywide parking meter replacement project and um, track and railway replacement projects. So, for example, those are things that you you just do as part of being the transportation agency and i'm wondering why that's not part of the general the the permanent budget and is considered to be a project
18: yeah thank you um so there are aspects of those projects that essentially are a little bit more projects based we're starting the actual taking out uh, the tracks or the meters uh, for example certain stages of them so when we would have transitioned for example many years ago to the coin operated meters to the Credit card meters and things like that there was a big overhaul of them. Um, but then after that point, it's, you know, individual meters that break and things like that. And that's some more continuous work. So when we're talking about the broader replacement projects we're talking about when there's actually like a full um, replacement need to just take part and then it would turn into continuous work in the future. Um, the LRV is the one to my understanding that's the more complicated one, because those are coming in in phases. So we're getting like a batch of our LRV vehicles for this new fleet that we're getting that we're going to get an air batch the future year. Um, so that one, unfortunately, would last longer than we would like the other. Positions would be the other ones with the parking meters, the track replacement, those should be done for sure within that three year time period and then become continuous work. The LRVs might be a little bit longer just from when we're actually going to get the vehicles.
19: Is there
11: a special funding attached to those? No. Uh,
18: I do understand that I believe there is project funding, uh, federal funding, and things like that attached to it. Yeah.
11: But then eventually if it becomes like you're saying the continuous work becomes part of the regular budget. Okay.
18: Correct. So We do have many permanent civil service employees in these classes.
11: And then these dates, these expiration dates are going to be updated then? Yes. So then I, okay. That's
18: Either it. they would just completely drop off of this or like the LRVs, if we were need to move to another phase because you know we didn't get all of them established, then there'd be new dates.
1: Thank you. That answers my questions. Ah, uh, thank you. Any additional questions? Okay, Vice President Favetti, a motion? I would move to approve and accept the report, and thank
11: you very much and appreciate your explanation.
20: Second.
1: We have a motion and a second to um, accept the report, uh, MTA service critical appointments. Um, If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Uh Commissioner Soro, call vote to approve a uh, consent agenda item number eight. Uh, after the discussion, Vice President favetti. aye. Commissioner Craley. Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved um, agenda item number eight. We are now ready for agenda item number ten.
18: Good afternoon, commissioners. William Miles, second uh, town acquisition, senior manager again at SFMTA Uh, for this item. I do have Shivani Nath with me remotely in case there are any questions for us to research. She is our examinations and classification manager.
11: I just want to let you know the, 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 the the report is very clear. I appreciate that. Um, I'm having some just general questions and I just wanted to, uh, if you could, uh, I hope I'm not, uh, taxing your, in this particular, but with regard to the position based testing, the appeal points are there's three appeal points, correct?
18: The one that we see the most often is somebody being rejected for the minimum qualifications. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe you're correct with three, but we don't actually tend to see the other two very much.
11: And the class based testing system is how many appeal points do you remember offhand?
18: I believe it might be five. I think, you know, the, the one that, well, it might be just a difference of who it goes to. So there's the announcement being posted. Mm-hmm. It can appeal then. It can appeal rejection of the minimum qualifications. Those are the two that come to mind as the most common ones. Um, but I actually don't can't recall the rules enough to know all the different ones, unfortunately, in front of me.
11: Okay, I was just wondering with regard to the position-based testing. No, no, that's fine. I would really appreciate it because I was trying. I was thinking about it uh, as I was reading this report and comparing class based testing versus position based testing where um, because, as I say, these reports are very useful. Number 1 is also that points to a success of the system. We were always very concerned when we did the, when we did establish this rule about how the appeal process was going to work and would it work. And it over the years has number one. I've noticed just and even with this report, there are appeals that are filed, but they're they're at those particular points. They are researched, even if they are and and oftentimes granted or not. Um, but even if there are problems, um, from what I from I what I view from the reports that those problems are resolved. So, for example, if there was an equipment problem, but technically speaking, not necessarily an appeal under position-based testing. It would still be resolved with regard to the, and so it goes. It 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 uh, points to the success of this particular program with the, even with the reduced number of appeals. So what I'm trying to get at is, um, if you were going to be comparing the two, did you have any comment with regard to um, how um, this? Position based testing works versus a class based testing.
18: Yeah, thank you for that question. I think in my mind, although I try to remember if 1 is a full appeal, but the other 2, I can think of is at the time of um, scoring an individual could basically appeal. If they think that the, you know, there was some scoring problem in the examination process, as well as the validity of the examination. Uh, But as I mentioned, we don't send to see a lot of appeals other than. The ones that happen to be regarding the minimum qualifications and those could be either an individual that got a rejection notice. They didn't actually appeal at the time of announcement, but since they now got the rejection notice. Um, it's either interpretation where they believe that they fell into that interpretation of minimum qualifications or sometimes just a statement that you know, they feel the minimum qualification should be more broad. Um, but you know, our job analysis and things didn't really support that, and they didn't appeal during the five days that you know should be appealed during the announcement posting. Um, as far as my opinion is the fact that, we tend to have a lot of delays in the examination process simply by the writing of the reports to come here before the commission. While sometimes maybe we could actually resolve some matters more quickly um, without the report, which just responding back to the candidate and having the review be with like the division director or whether that be. Human Resources um, or be sorry, I should say Department of Human Resources or SFMCA, Director of Transportation, Designee, which is typically the Chief People Officer. Um, In these cases, you know, I will say like the two appeals we had that we put in this one, uh, one we did resolve internally because a person did end up meeting the minimum qualifications. So we were able to get that information, move them forward. I think that's pretty simply the same for CBT and PBT. We always tend to try to work with the candidates, see if there's anything additional that they could provide that they actually put on our application materials for us to review. Um, and so does that really get rejected of the question of, you know, should that be something that could be resolved by the human resources director? Or is that something that was really a civil service appeal to come before the commission? And then that just ends up being the delays we see in the process. That's my only feelings there.
11: So, with regard to the number of um, days that it took you to hire on this particular report, do you have an average number of days?
18: I don't, unfortunately, I didn't look up that data for it. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick look at these classes here. It's Uh, 1051, 1052,
11: 1244, 1823, 1824,
18: and 5303. um, I can only project really, I would say that. For the eighteen twenty four and the fifty three oh three were're probably just like the faster ones we had of the recruitments because those are very higher level positions and more specific in their functionality uh eighteen twenty three tends to be a large applicant pool. I don't feel like whether it's PBT or CBT changes our post referral process very much. Um, And especially at MTA, we have an EEO pre-interview process and post-interview process where we have to uh, essentially detail out our selection procedures for our EEO review Um, and that ends up adding some delays in the process, but it's something good to have at the same time. So we have more people reviewing. Um, I think, you know, in my opinion, the 1051 and 1052, those are more entry level positions. So those are the ones that are by default, just going to take longer to fill those positions um But I should look at the number for the 1052. Maybe not, because there were just five people on that eligible list at the end of it.
11: And for the 1051 and the 1052, would that be, um, for example, for example, would that be helpful to have continuous testing on those classes, or is it better to have?
18: Uh... It's a citywide position, and 1051, two, three, and four. It can be very difficult because every position is very different. So it's a business analyst and essentially the point of a business analyst is to be that intermediary between the people that are on a technical side and the people that are on a business side. So, let's say, if you are trying to do a program related to SharePoint, you really need somebody that knows SharePoint that can speak the language of both sides, say the technical piece and say the business piece. Um, because of that, that might make it a lot more difficult potentially to do continuous because it's so specialized. Um, not saying it's not possible, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think you have a lot more research on that.
11: Thank you so very much and thank you for your patience. Thank you. Thank everybody for your patience. Uh, well, I mean, that, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, sorry. So, I do have a related question to that if you, you stay on page 3, this may not uh, it may not be related to, to the length it takes to appoint somebody. But if you look at the 1051 and 1052 series, especially to 1051, I noticed that there's a glaring stat there where you have a 12 months. The number of applicants was 169 for the time period that you study, but then it turned out there were only 5 people who were deemed qualified. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah. especially if these are entry-level positions
18: yeah so the 1052 i think i might have put it on page i thought i put it in here as far as it but it is our webmaster position um, and that position uh, said at the bottom of page two and three um so that position really had a special condition of experience using drupal software um, it is for the purpose of developing websites and applications, and despite the number of applications, not many people had that special condition experience to move forward in that part of the process. So, again, it's very business related. So that you know, if a person came in with a technology background, if they didn't really know Drupal, they wouldn't know how to explain it to both the technical team and the business team to actually be successful in that position.
2: And did you also have special con- conditions attached to the 1051 series or class?
18: Uh, say, which 1, you're asking
2: 51
18: um, to my knowledge. We did not, but I'm not sure. Um, in fact, I don't even believe Shivani would know that question, but I will check. Shivani. Do you happen to know on 1051? If we have a special condition?
0: We did not, we did not have a special condition for the 1051.
18: Thank you.
1: That's all. Hey, okay. uh, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Favetti, did you, Vice President Favetti, did you make a motion?
11: Yes, I, I, with that I would move to uh, to adopt the report. And thank you very much for your patience and answering.
18: Thank you.
1: And is there a second? Second. We have a motion and a second to adopt the report, which is SF MTA position-based testing report for the current fiscal year. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star 3 now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Okay. Uh, commissioners roll call vote on the motion to uh, adopt uh, agenda item number 10. Uh, Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Carley Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved agenda item number 10. Uh, the next polled uh, item from the consent agenda was agenda item 11, um, Vice President Favetti. I just uh,
11: as I said, you know, mostly I wanted to say thank congratulations again for a phenomenal um, success in the program, and so and but I was also wondering I was uh, as we were uh, getting prepared for our report on the uh, 8238 dispatcher recruitment and hiring. Um, With regard to backgrounds and how do you interact with the department of with with 911 and and, uh, dispatchers? I understand it's a separate program or anyway, so if you could elucidate a little bit on that, be much
21: appreciated. Mm -hmm. Good afternoon, Commissioner Sean Sherburn with the Department of Human Resources. I am joined by Christopher Lee, who is the supervisor over our conviction history program is really The program is successful, and it is, and you're acknowledging and I appreciate that. It's really Christopher who stepped in earlier this year to take the helm on that program. Thank you, Christopher. Um, And then also point of privilege welcome Commissioner Leong. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Um, And so the question uh, regarding the Department of emergency management with dispatchers, so they do their own um, background investigations. Uh, however, at the end of the process, when they're hired, similar, like we've talked about with the emergency medical technicians, the EMTs in the past, once they're hired, we bring them in and we fingerprint them so that we have subsequent notices uh, should anything come up. But that is our role in the process.
11: Okay. So that's your, you're, so it's exactly like the, the, uh, the 166 EMTs.
21: Mm-hmm.
11: Okay. So just wanted to double check on how that worked. I really wanted to thank you and also just to again, I'm sorry to keep you waiting, but just wanted to say, thank you. It's another great report. Another good. Um, congratulations. A a good program that is continuing to be. A a great program. Thank you. And with that, I would move to adopt
1: the report. Oh, I'm sorry. Director Eisen, did you have a comment? No. okay. Okay. We, we have, uh, A motion and a second to adopt the report, uh, which is our annual report on uh, Pre-Employment Conviction History Program, a program that's really gotten uh, national attention, and we're very proud of the efforts we've made. Uh, If you were in the room and you have public comment, uh, please come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Um, Commissioners, the roll call vote to uh, adopt the report. Um, Vice President Favetti, aye. Commissioner Crowley, aye. Commissioner Leon, aye. And I vote aye. We have approved agenda item number eleven. Uh, thank all of you for your work. Uh, we have completed the consent agenda. We are ready for the next agenda item.
5: We are now on the regular agenda item 15, review of requests for approval of proposed personal services contract number 44539 2223 recommendation by the human resources director adopt the report approve the request for a proposed personal services contract notify the office of the
1: controller and the office of contract administration. Uh, thank you. Uh- Please introduce yourself, and we're ready for the presentation.
22: Yeah. Hi, Commissioners. My name is Daniel Sanchez. I am a supervising purchaser with the Office of Contract Administration, and I'm actually accompanied today by our director and the city purchaser, Sayla Jacarella, and our assistant director, Taryn Amoyed, and we also have uh, Jonathan Wright here from the Human Resources uh, Department as well to, to discuss a little bit about this PSE. I just have a really quick presentation developed to kind of give you guys some context uh, around the PSE that we're here for. Uh, and it's regarding the Technology Marketplace 3.0. Um, and the Technology Marketplace is really one of the, the top um, assignments that my team within the Office of Contract Administration has. We oversee this entire program. So really quickly, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of history about the Tech Marketplace, talk to you about OCA's role in administering it, talk a little bit about the um, their current Tech Marketplace that we already have a PC approval for that is going to be expiring to kind of give you uh, an idea of what it's like and then talk about what we're here about uh, asking you uh, for today, the next version. So the technology marketplace um, has um, been in existence in the city since the 1990s, uh, previously known by different names. I think originally was the the computer store, Uh, and it's really uh, an efficient purchasing model for the city to buy their technology needs. Uh, And it's consisted of a pool of technology resellers to whom um, city departments come to in order to make individual procurements from these uh, resellers, obtain master agreements from our office, and then when the departments have a need, they come to them uh, for uh, for uh, for quotes and for competition to to uh, to obtain the purchase. Um, our the, the the purchases are in the way of purchase orders that are issued by by our department. So we have the master agreement with individual purchase orders that are released under it. Um, and really the, the, the key draw to, uh, the technology marketplace is the fact that it helps expedite the procurement of technology, which is really important because technology is constantly changing and there's a need for, um, for projects to, to happen much more quickly than other work. Um, and it really, it's been shown to reduce, um, the, the entire procurement process, which, you know, if, if it happened in a, under a regular. Procurement outside of the technology marketplace, it would take several months in the technology marketplace. It could take uh, as little as 1 to 2 weeks for, for the, the simple procurements. Uh, OCA, we are not the, uh, the, the end users. We don't get to decide what gets purchased. We administer the program and we basically enforce the city city rules uh, within that program. Um, and so, basically, when a department has a need, they come to us and they say, we, ha- we want to buy this, you know, uh, this is our, our request. And our, our, our team at OCA, we are the ones that conduct the solicitation, or that we um, uh, issue the, the, the purchase orders, the documents that are, are awarded to the, to the winning company. Um, we also ensure that all applicable city requirements are also met before we issue the award. So, we, we, everything still applies as, as it would otherwise uh, within the TIG marketplace um, and specifically under the TIG marketplace. Um, we, we also ensure that local 21 has been notified and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we go, uh, further in this because there's a, there's a, a separate piece to it to the PSC in which local 21 has a a, notif- a notification period as well for each individual project. Uh, so, technology marketplace 2.0, which is the one we're currently in, which is set to expire at the end of this calendar year. Uh, it's been in place since 2019 January 1st, 2019. it's currently uh, made up of, uh contracts master agreements five-year contracts with 53 different suppliers um, and within the, the technology marketplace each individual project is capped at 2.5 million dollars which means that nothing within that uh, will ever exceed 2.5 million dollars no project procured under there ever will ever go above that um, and we currently use a PSE that, that we obtained back in 2018 uh, you can see it on the screen is PSC number 4411417-18 Uh, And it was approved for uh, 200Million dollars over 5 years. The actual usage um, uh, today is 104Million over those 5 years. Um, And just to note that professional services is um, 1 of the things that is that is available under the tech marketplace. And it currently makes up 37% of the total spend under the tech marketplace, which is uh, 386Million. uh, and, and, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there is an additional piece to, to the, to the professional services that go through the tech marketplace. Not only do we have the, the PSC, but we also have a local 21 review process within it in which local 21 uh, is given notice of each individual services project that comes through the. Through uh, the tech marketplace, or that is requested to go through the tech marketplace and departments submit that request um, via local 21's uh, a portal that they have with questions. Uh, local 21 is given 10 business days to object um and um they if there's any objection they try to work it out with the department um uh to to reach a consensus um and if there isn't then we have to that's actually what we're, we we want to talk, discuss with you guys about today about with the uh you know what happens when an objection comes that we can't be can't be decided on um and this process has been in place since 2014 under Um, at least in 2014, Um, I'm likely even before that, but that's what what I was able to find in our, in our internal records. Um, And this here is just a a little um, snapshot of of the technology marketplace spend to kind of put it into perspective. um, compared to the city spend overall on it classifications within the last 2 fiscal years. So, if you look at this, uh, this graph here, uh, fiscal year 22 is on 1 side, fiscal year 23 is on the other. The, the blue, bar, the blue bar is the, um uh, the city spend on it classification staff, uh, the 10 series. Um, and then in the, in the yellow is the, the city's, um, spend under the tech marketplace, the contracting out uh, of services under the tech marketplace. Um, and it's the same for fiscal year 23. so you can see that, you know, it's pretty, pretty consistent, um, in terms of, um, the, the ratio there between the 2. Uh, the technology marketplace 3.0, this is the, the new 1 that we're here before you for today. Uh, we've actually, we're in the process of the solicitation um, and we hope to award um, contracts again, master contracts that will start January 1st, 2024. If not earlier, um, and we anticipate that we'll have um, many contracts, just like we did last time, 53 under the current 1, uh, but we don't know yet how many. It will be, it will operate very, very similarly to how it operates now. We're still going to cap all transactions at 2.5 million. um, And we're still going to do the professional services, the PSC uh, combined with the local 21 notice. Um, And so as the PSC as it was submitted to you guys, it was for 250 million dollars for 7 years, but we're actually requesting that we amend that. If you could allow us to amend it, we're only going to do 5 year contract, a 5 year term. So it would be 5 years and 180 million dollars. And we were advised that if we were, if we were to request that before you today, that that might be a possibility. So that is what we're, we're actually asking for 5 years and 180Million dollars. Instead of the 7 years and 250Million dollars, and we're, we're still uh, working with local 21 to to uh, continue the local 21 review process within the tech marketplace. Um, it'll still continue to work the same way. Um, we'll still departments will still notify local 21 for each individual project. We're, we're still going to be using the same portal that they use for notifications. They're still going to get the 10 business days uh, to object. Um, and the, the 1 thing that we're working on still is yet to be decided. Is uh, deciding on who will be the, you know, the adjudicator in the case of an objection. Although it might be rare, as as history has shown, we we still do need to iron that out. And for that piece, I'm actually going to hand it over to uh, to Jonathan Wright from uh, our Human Resources uh, Department to kind of talk to you a little bit about our efforts that have gone into that um, as we've been working with Local 21 and uh, to discuss that a little bit more.
8: I may use this one. Good
23: afternoon, Commissioners and Madam President, if I may welcome Commissioner Leung. It's a pleasure to see you. Um, as, as Daniel stated, we've been in ongoing discussions with Local 21. Excuse me. I'm Jonathan Wright. Excuse me. Sorry. <clears throat> we've been in ongoing discussions with Local 21. Oh, I'm the employee relations manager at the employee relations division. Uh, we've been in ongoing discussions with Local 21 to amend and revive some of the revise some of the terms of this document that we call the what do we call it the procedures for Local Twenty One review, also known as the MOU, but that's a little confusing because we also call our collective bargaining agreement with Local Twenty One the MOU. So let's call it the procedures for review. Um, as Dino said, this this document dates back to 2014. In, in certain forms, the current document dates to 2018, concurrent with the current Technology Marketplace 2.0, and. As, as stated, it provides a process for notifying the union and engaging in discussions around procurements for personal services and a method for adjudicating disputes um, that, that may arise. And so we notified the union about the tech marketplace 3.0 PSC a couple weeks later, we notified them that we wish to have discussions about the MOU or the procedures for review. And in August, we held 3 meetings uh, with the union and and had very fruitful discussions around revising some some of the boilerplate language revising 2.0 to 3.0, for example. And we we, we feel that we've made really significant process and or progress and we we are in continued discussions with local 21 uh, and we just wanted to ensure that the commission knew. The the progress of those discussions, so we, we, we hope to resolve those discussions very shortly. Um, we've had some scheduling issues on, on both sides and we're hoping to rectify that soon. Happy to take any questions.
1: Um, I just want to make sure I understand, um, The process for agreeing to the changes it is not within. So these procedures are not within the local 21 bargaining agreement cba they're outside of the cba
23: that's right this is, we although it's titled a memorandum of understanding it's it's a really a set of guidelines for how the city will notify local 21 whenever the tech marketplace psc is utilized for purchasing personal services and for engaging in, in a discussion that it, it has memorandum of understanding at at the top of the document but it, it resides separate from the collective bargaining agreement
1: okay and so your understanding of the process by which the parties reach agreement is outside of bargaining.
23: That's is that correct. correct. Yes. Okay.
1: And once you reach agreement, you'll have a new procedural packet that will just be signed off by?
23: By uh, the city attorney, the director of human resources, uh, yep. the union and OCA. Okay, good.
1: Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Leon. Thank you for the presentation,
2: Jonathan. Um, first question: So the, descript- the description of work uh, has not changed; it's still the same, but it's only the dollar amount and the duration of the personal service contract has changed. That's yes, correct. Yeah,
22: that's right. That's right. We're the scope is the same. We're only reducing. Oh, this one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that is correct. We are not changing anything in the scope, nothing else. The only thing is we're reducing the term of uh, from seven to five years, and so therefore we're proportionally reducing the, the amount. Oh, I see. Yeah. So
2: there was nothing more in, in terms of the analysis of the description of work or the scope of work that made you decide to go from 250 to 180,
22: right? No, that's right. It's just, just the, the term.
2: Okay. Um, second question. What is a technology reseller for those who are not familiar with uh, IT?
22: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So basically it could be a company who um, is an authorized uh, reseller or service provider for a manufacturer, and uh, most commonly that's what the type of transactions that they go on in the tech marketplace. So somebody who's been authorized to resell or to provide a service on a manufacturer's product, uh, but it also the tech marketplace also includes companies who directly um, provide their own ad hoc service uh, to a department. Uh, it's 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 it varies really we have 53 suppliers so. Um, it's really difficult to, um, you know, to give 1 name. So that's kind of the name I went with reseller. Um, but they basically provide us with, um, services, uh, and for this purpose, services, um, for that are technology related.
1: Uh, commissioner, are you still thinking? Go ahead. Okay.
12: So, my question goes to the. A new section of any dispute between local 21 and department would come to a 3rd party for adjudication. Now, I heard that there was going to be sign off on both sides. What is the, what is the, I guess, where are you going with the 3rd party? And is that an arbitrator? Or how would that how would that look in terms of that agreement?
23: Commissioner Crowley, the current agreement uh, or the procedures for review um, provides that the Civil Service Commission shall adjudicate disputes.
12: Okay, no further questions, Madam Chair. Sure.
2: Wait, so just for point of clarification, if there's a dispute, then it would come before this, this body for adjudication? That's what it currently provides. Right, but with this third party, so we're not the third party for adjudication, as, as I understand. You um you gotta yeah
23: oh yes so as as written and as currently discussed by the parties the civil service commission would would retain the ability to adjudicate any disputes
1: is this new well that's the way it currently is but they it it comes here but nobody says it's under this provision so we don't necessarily know it oh Oh, is that what
11: but it sounds so new
14: right <laughs> Ma- madam president oh, members of the commission yes. uh, if i could comment on this as you recall when this first came up and it was raised by commissioner salveson there was some confusion over um and uh a, a task order in the in the in the current uh marketplace that came before this commission and commissioner Salveson was the one who led the discussion saying that it didn't make sense because the commission had already approved the personal services contract and i understand that Uh, my suggestion to you and this is uh relatively new so i'll just put it out there which is that in your perhaps in your motion when if you're inclined to approve this that you would create that opportunity for the union if they did not agree with a specific item that it they could raise that back with this commission as i think the uh the speaker from oca pointed out in the life of the last uh tech marketplace it was very rare that they could not resolve issues so we would not expect based on our history um that you the commission would see many uh disputes
9: coming before you in that manner uh, Oh
11: go ahead I just wanted to uh, uh with director Eisen with regard to that rather than having on the personal services agenda or the ratification agenda it would be as a separate agenda item that would be discussed then I think I think that's where the confusion was oh, only for issues they couldn't get resolved and
14: you know that contract was in place for a few years and a lot of work f- Uh, went through that contract and there were really, really was only one issue that ever made it in front of this commission. So we're, we are capable when we put our minds to it to reach agreement over matters. We don't necessarily agree, agree about when we first start talking. Mm -hmm. And I do think that I'm not, not mischaracterizing the discussions that both sides Believe that this mechanism, this tech marketplace has been advantageous to the city as a whole. And that the union has felt that as long as they you know, have the ability to know about it, to have transparency about how it's being used and to be able to raise concerns um, and work out those concerns. Um, this seems to have been an effective approach. We do need a final uh, way to resolve and. Uh, This commission really is the one with jurisdiction over those issues. So it's still, in my view, the
9: best place for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Commissioner Leon. Uh, It's local 21 here. I'd like to hear from them if they're here. Uh, Local 21. I don't think so. I just want to make sure I understood
2: this. So if we approve this 180 for five years, right, for uh, uh, this PSC, if there's work to be done, you issue the city issues, or OCA issues a task order, and it sends it to what you call the local 20-on portal for them to review, and they have X number of days at 10 days for them to review, and if there's any objection, they would meet with you on the task
22: order it happens before we ever, ever issue any award before we even do a solicitation uh whenever the request is made by a department yeah uh they have to come to us with a request having already gone to local 21 and notified them and got it gotten their approval um, and worked that out before even And who to the would be with
2: local 21 would it be you guys OCA or would it be the
22: department the department the, the purchasing right. department A purchasing the department. one that's making the purchase sorry right yeah
2: and then if there's any dispute, then it comes to us on that particular task
24: order. Yes. That or is the idea. Yes.
1: Okay. Um our city attorney and um uh city attorney also uh, just wanted to confirm on the record that the proposal today, which is to reduce the duration to five years. And reduce the amount to one hundred and eighty million is something that we can actually act on today
13: uh city attorney Kimberlin, um yes, you can it's a reduced scope uh and so generally the rule is is you know if someone was going to be objecting here to a two hundred and fifty and seven two hundred fifty million and seven year contract um that and they haven't objected i don't think that you know the idea is that this is reduced and they would not be objecting to 180 million five year and so our general advice is if the scope is reduced then uh, you do not need to renotice it yeah. um i had raised my hand to speak on this uh topic that director eisen raised and recalling a prior meeting um and i, I recall vice president favetti also raising concerns about this agreement which at the time the civil service commission was not aware that it was playing as the arbitrator of um very rare disputes from what i understand because um as we all know if vice president favetti doesn't remember it happening it probably hasn't happened because she remembers everything <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that i have to bring some levity into this um but I, if, as I recall, the civil service commission was not a signatory to this agreement it was not a party to the agreement. And so, during those conversations, I advised during that meeting that I did not believe the commission was bound by that agreement and it had already fully approved that. Personal service contract, the tech marketplace 2.0, um, I can advise that today here we are with 3.0 and the suggestion being made by director Eisen, I believe. Is that in potentially if there is a motion to approve. Tech marketplace 3.0 as described today that that approval could be conditioned upon the civil service commission. Potentially retaining jurisdiction to resolve. The dis- any eventual disputes on particular procurements under. The approved PSC as it was already doing under 2.0, but this time it would be aware of it and. Having that up front, I think would allow it to have that jurisdiction. So, um, I just wanted to raise that. I think that, although I've advised on the 2.0 that I didn't think that that was appropriate. I wouldn't have that same advice. As long as that was made a condition of the approval.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you. City attorney. Uh. Okay. Commissioner Favetti.
11: Okay, if I recall correctly, the big question was now that I re- now that uh, the, I remember, uh, I was really zeroing in, uh, but it was that whether or not the work. Was actually a part of the scope that was approved by the civil service commission. And so, in that end, and part of the confusion, once it was part of the personal services ratification agenda, which uh, everybody, we, we, we thought that we had already approved it. So why are we going in and we we're doing this again? If we separate it out of the civil service commissions ratification agenda, make it a regular, item, I don't think it would be something that would be on consent. You would have to have it on your regular agenda because there's going to be a debate from both parties. And if we agree to this, that indeed what we may be doing is determining whether we cannot have anything to do with any contract or. We can only look at the scope of work and whether the scope of work that is being contracted out meets the scope of work. That was approved by the civil service commission. And that's where the, and So that would be how the presentation would be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh,
9: oh, sir. <laughs> Okay, good. Director Eisen, are you trying to make a comment? I am. Okay. I
14: I think the, uh, what Commissioner, the comments from Commissioner Favetti, I would agree with that entirely. The way I'm thinking of this, it's effectively a status quo agreement with the union. Um, As you recall, the the letter of agreement or the MOU that existed that had been negotiated by a prior city purchaser, I believe, and um, the union did provide for referral to the Civil Service Commission of any specific task orders in dispute. And um, the problem was that that agreement or MOU, whatever it's called, was not approved as the form. And it's where the conflict came in with this commission, but it seems to me, if you were to put it into your motion that you could review scope, if it were raised with you, Um, and as its own standalone item, I think that's really just a calendaring question. Um, I think that is effectively, although they're not here to comment on it, I don't believe it's effectively a status quo agreement for the union. And so I would, I would urge you to consider that and I would certainly support it and assist as needed.
1: Hey, uh, Director Eisen, thank you. Uh, any additional presentation before we take a motion?
22: Um, I just, just to say that um, in our talks with the union, th- their, their agreement was that the, the commission would be the, the third party uh, to, to be the, the adjudicator. So, although they're not here, that was what we had all discussed. Okay,
1: thank you. Okay, commissioners. It looks like we're ready for uh, a motion. See. Uh, Vice President, for uh, was that Commissioner Crowley? Vice President Favetti, okay, you want to do? I
11: stab it. Okay, uh, I would say to go ahead and adopt the report and approve the request for proposed personal services contract with. Oh, excuse me, with the proviso um, that we also agree. With regard to the 3rd party adjudication process uh, that would be coming to the commission that the commission would be uh, commission would approve as to whether or not. The dispute regarding the scope of services meets the requirement or the approval of the overall contract and that and I want to make sure that it gets specified. uh that uh that be placed on a separate agenda as a separate agenda item not included in the rat ratification agenda further that we also approve the amendment to uh the amount of 180 million in of uh, in lieu of 250 million and that the duration be for 5 years rather than 7 7 oh. mm. And to often notify the Office of the Controller and the Office of Contract Administration
9: hmm. Could you repeat that again?
11: <laughs> please. I'm trying to figure out. okay, okay. adopt the, the report. hell of a
2: way to have my first meeting.
11: <laughs> <laughs> so adopt the report. Approve the request and I'll I'll add the, uh, they approve the request for a proposed personal services contract as amended to 180Million dollars in 5 years in duration Mm -hmm. that indeed that the civil service commission will be the 3rd party adjudicator as as described in the letter of agreement between the employee organization, local 21 and the office of contract administration. The commission's jurisdiction shall be. To determine if there is a dispute on the scope of work that was initially de- approved, is meets that that approval, and that the at the request or uh, that the uh, office of the uh, that the yeah the office of the controller and the office of the uh, contract administration be notified. So notified. Oh, and then it be on a separate item. Separate item is on you know, yes. the agenda. Excuse me, not included in the ratification agenda, because that gets so confusing. <laughs> I mean not that's that's not part of the motion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you, Vice President Favetti. I think you landed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can you repeat that? <laughs> no.
12: No, rather than repeating it,
1: I will second that. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh we have a motion to uh approve subject to the amendments. Uh of today, which I'm sure our staff have recorded. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star
9: 3 now.
0: President Miner, no public comment at this time. Okay.
1: And no public comment in the room. We will move to the roll call vote. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crawley. Aye. Commissioner Leon. Aye. And I vote aye. We have uh, approved um, the PSC, i was going to try to use the number, but that's okay. Uh, We have approved agenda item number 15 subject to the amendments of today. Uh, Thank you. Thank you both uh, Labor Relations and Office of Contract Administration for being here. We are ready for the next agenda item. Item 16
5: Review of request for approval of proposed personal services contract number 41012-2324 from the Department of Public Health omit posting recommendation adopt or omit posting recommendation adopt or- Approve the request for proposed personal services contracts, notify the office of the controller and the office of contract administration.
1: Uh, thank you. Who is here with us from uh, DPH? That's from uh, DPH.
25: Hello, commissioners. Uh, my name is Jackie Hale. I'm uh, representing Kelly Hiramoto today as PSC coordinator and I am joined by Jonathan Lyons. Who is with us from Maguna honda Hospital as the Director of Contract Strategy,
11: Policy Planning, and Development?
24: It's Jonathan.
11: Uh, okay. Jonathan. you want to tell the commissioners about it?
19: Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, just as a point of you personal might be privilege, on mute. Tom. Can you guys hear me?
1: Ah, uh, yes, we can.
19: Awesome. Okay, great. Um, as a quick point of personal privilege, I just want to say that. It, I appreciate having my very first time before this body and also be Commissioner Leung's first meeting as well. Uh, so, congratulations to you, Commissioner. Um, so, we are here today really uh, specifically for a uh, PSC to allow the department to engage a registry contractor for um, staffing of respiratory therapists. This is a new requirement that. Uh, we were unaware of until recently, um, many of you are probably are likely aware that we Honda is both a, a acute care facility as well as a skilled nursing facility. Um, and it is specific to that acute care requirement why we are here. Uh, we were notified recently uh, in order to retain our CMS certification. Uh, we need to change our staffing model from a business hours. Uh, staffing model for respiratory therapist to 24, uh, 7 availability, and uh, it is time sensitive because uh, we are under potential uh, survey from uh, center for Medicare and Medicaid services at any moment uh, it will be unannounced. It could be any day now. And so uh, we have worked collaboratively uh, with SCIU and we appreciate their, their partnership. We've met. I believe it was. Four times over the month of August, and uh, throughout that process, we've been able to find uh, mutual agreement, and you know we've uh, reduced both the original term and uh, the original dollar amount of the original PSC request. So, uh, with that, I'm happy to take any questions from the commission,
1: uh, commissioners. Any questions for DPH on uh, PSC forty-one zero one two?
11: I would move to approve, okay,
1: second, we have a motion to approve uh forty one zero one two If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, please press star three.
0: President Minor, we do have a caller.
1: Um we're ready for the public comment.
0: Can you please state your name for the record?
8: Uh, uh, yeah, excuse me, it's Patrick Shaw again. Can you hear me?
1: Uh, yes, we can.
8: Should I go ahead?
1: Uh, yes, please. I'm sorry. You may proceed.
8: Thank you. The Commission should reject this TFC request for $6 million for the Registry staffing for respiratory therapy technicians for a two-year and 25-week period. First of all, the TFC Summary Form 1 states in response to question 3 B that typically uh, civil service job classification codes, 2320 registered nurses, And T, as in Patrick, 103, special nurses can normally perform this work. SFGTH already has awarded actual significant contracts for registry staffing companies to the tune of millions of dollars to hire as needed nursing staff who can perform the uh, respiratory therapy services. Second, an accompanying letter from um, DVH's Kelly Hiromoto dated September fifth, states that the recent survey inspection plan of correction had identified in the summer of 2023 the need to hire respiratory therapists. A July twentieth, twenty. 20- 23 root cause analysis quote unquote report. Number seven, identified compliance problems with Laguna Honda's tracheostomy and laryngestomy policies and procedures, not a problem with insufficient staffing levels. DPH only has three full-time permanent civil service and two part-time temporary exempt job class 2536 respiratory care practitioners and zero job class 2537 respiratory care practitioner level two employees across both SFGH and Laguna Honda. There's no evidence Hiring either the uh, 2536 or the 2537 temporary as needed registry, Mm -hmm. respiratory therapy technicians will lead to better adherence to the clinical policies and procedures they have been cited for to ensure that we're going to have Passes its CMS recertification surveys. So, in Uh, light of.
1: Sir, please wrap it up. Your three minutes has expired.
8: Given the fact that they already have plenty of registry staffing contracts already issued for nursing staff who could do this civil service work, the Commission should reject this PSE.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Any additional public comment.
0: No further public comment.
1: Okay. Uh, Thank you. Commissioners, uh, we are ready for the roll call vote. Um, It's agenda item number 16 approval of. Um, provisional Temporary Use of Respiratory Technicians, PSC 410122324. Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Carley? Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have approved PSC 41012-2324, uh, DPH. Uh, DPH, thank you for being here and for your presentation. We, we are ready for the next agenda item.
5: Item 17 status of 8238 public safety communications dispatcher hiring at San Francisco Department of emergency management recommendation adopt the report of the Department of emergency management. Okay,
26: who will be presenting for us today? I'm Sandy Chan, assistant deputy director, administration and support with me is Yvonne Rodriguez. She's the human resources analyst that is assigned to the dispatcher exam and Robert smuts deputy director emergency communications is with us virtually. Thank you so we've had hiring challenges uh among over the years a uh, lengthy hiring timeline from job posting to onboarding followed by a lengthy classroom training and all the job training process equals an 18 month resource investment by the time dispatchers are taking calls independently we are budgeted for 3 academy classes per fiscal year the vacancy rate for dispatchers based on ASO authority is currently 35% and will decrease with each academy class Changes made uh, in the fiscal year 22 23, we hired a dedicated recruiter. She increased social media presence and communicates with potential candidates via social media. Um, there's an added presence at job fairs and community events, and there has been a 300% increase in the applicant pool. We have also added links to uh, dispatcher notices that uh, include a dispatcher video. um, And also practice tests, practice typing tests, as well as the um, preparation for the performance test. And then we've also been sending reminder notices to candidates in the applicant pool that are waiting for the exam process to begin. Changes we're planning to make, we'd like to restore. Uh, dispatcher sit-alongs that was suspended during the pandemic. And uh, we are committed to hiring qualified candidates and retaining seasoned dispatchers.
1: You have a lot of challenges. Let's see. Um, Would you like to say more before we turn to the commissioners for questions?
26: Uh, I don't have anything else to say.
1: Okay let's see uh commissioners questions comments ahead. no you go for it
11: i I have to say uh reading the report it was uh quite a challenge quite a challenge that you're facing and i um one of the things i was wondering about you have the three academies per year and i'm probably going to ask the obvious but have you explored or looked for funding for additional academies and additional space to be able to have
26: more than the 3, um, the challenge with additional academies is not actually the testing process itself, but more the ability to train them once they're on board. And
9: um,
25: this is Rob sponsor, uh, deputy director for DEC. Um, I add, um, add to what Sandy was saying. The, the biggest limitation is actually that the. Uh, several months of on the job training where we pair the trainee with an existing dispatcher um, and that really dictates the um, the number of of trainees we can hire in a year. We're actually because some of the recent classes have not filled all the way to fifteen we actually uh, are looking at increasing the number of classes so we're we're we plan on doing four classes um so that we can uh, hire approximately the same number of people in a year and that still conforms to what is our real limit which is the number of of existing dispatchers who can serve as trainees uh, as trainers
11: are you going to need more funding for that or do you have enough do you have adequate funding for additional classes
25: we have adequate funding oh okay
11: the other I was wondering about a competition as you because you have this lag time where you're going to be calling on a uh, a monthly basis reminding individuals that they are in the queue are you having other counties come in and perhaps recruiting those individuals toward that other county do you have competition with regard to others uh, other uh other counties that have the same functions um and where they're not um is there a it's i'm thinking in terms of are there conditions where someone would Prefer to go to another county rather than San Francisco and wait.
26: Are you having any problem that waiting period? I'm not quite sure how to answer that. I do know that when some of the candidates are in the background process that our background investigator will notify us that they have applied. or, Or are in background for another jurisdiction. And that, you know, if we can make the offer as soon as possible that we should. Oh, so you do have that so there's communication with other jurisdictions if they are also looking not at. with the other jurisdiction with the background investigator they may be um conducting the background investigations for other jurisdictions as well as ours
11: oh do you contract out your background yes oh okay um and are you, are you is they are the background is the speed of the backgrounds are they adequate or is it um Uh, are you, is there a slowdown in the backgrounds? Do you
26: need more staffing or more in that that area? Or is it, um. We, I think uh, the background investigators are doing a great job of. Investigating someone's background, they generally do it within 2 months.
24: Mm
11: -hmm. Um. And then I know that I noticed that you're there's uh, I was also wondering if the, as far as high schools being on the list for career paths, because uh, that's where kids, you know, when the young young folks are in high school, they're starting to look at their careers. And is that something that uh, that is also included in your recruitment?
26: Yes, for sure. Okay.
11: Yeah. And then, um.
9: Think
11: that that as far as uh and although this is the commission has absolutely no jurisdiction in this area but all it's also the the uh, the competition with other districts. Do you are we competitive? I believe we are. Okay, so that's not something that needs to be a consideration in the future. Correct. Okay. Thank you very much, and and kudos. I appreciate your efforts.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Leon. To um,
2: Commissioner Favetti's point, um, in terms of our outreach efforts, did the department do any outreach to the Asian American community in the Bay Area?
26: Since we hired the recruiter, she has been working very closely with our uh, community team in trying to get the word out to various communities in San Francisco.
2: And I suspect those are in bilingual Yes, and so forth. And then the related question is, uh, in terms of, uh. Other jurisdictions that have similar functions, uh, have we done an analysis or review in terms of how they recruit people and how they retain, uh, individuals so that they pass the, uh. Probation and become a dispatchers,
26: we have not done that Rob. I don't know if you have any additional information.
25: Yes, I'd say on a couple of fronts. So, um, I know DHR um regularly does uh salary comparisons and benefit comparisons. Uh and uh there was a recent actually adjustment and adding of a step 6 to the uh, dispatcher salary. Um in terms of um uh benefits such as hiring bonuses and and, and things such as that, uh we definitely um adjust that in um with the HR, looking at, at, uh, at w- what we could do and, and what might be appropriate in terms of the um, training and hiring process, um, we do uh, contact a lot of our peer agencies periodically uh, for best practices uh, and see what might be available there.
9: And what are those findings so out of curiosity? Um, some of them, it, it, it
25: pertains to um, like how we sequence our training and our academy classes uh, once we hire. Uh, and we've actually been working with um, Local 1021 and, and um, considering different ways of structuring our training um, without going into too much detail. We have seven weeks of classroom training followed by three months of on-the-job training Followed by a couple weeks where they process the skills that we taught them there 1 more week of classroom training, and then another 3 weeks of on the job training. And we're looking at sort of reordering that a little bit um, based on what some other uh, agencies have done um, to uh, and and what we think we can do internally to see if we can uh, improve uh, the retention of um, of new Mm. hires.
2: One last question. Yes. um I noticed that on your current matrices uh in the executive summary that the passage rate is quite low
26: um for which component
2: uh let's see um if you look at um the performance exam uh looking at s w o august twenty three to previous may, you have two hundred seventy three that met the minimum qualifications. And then, if I read it correctly, you only have 28 of the 273 passed the performance exam and then another
9: 25. Passed the oral exam. Right. Can you shed some light on that?
26: Sure. So, 273 me- people met the minimum qualifications of that uh, probably. I mean, Yvonne, do you have
9: the staff?
27: 270 you, you you're reading that correctly yeah so yes uh, excuse me you, you should identify yourself for the record sorry my name is Yvonne Rodriguez HR analyst for DM um so, you want to pull the
1: mic down just a little bit so we can hear you thank you so you're reading
27: that correctly now once folks are invited um the 273 number are, is the number that um, applicants that meet the minimum qualifications and therefore are invited to the performance exam. And the performance exam is a computer-based exam, measures you know 40 words per minute, um, data entry, memorization skills, etc. And then from that, the passing rate went down from 273 that were invited. That doesn't mean everybody um, attended the mm-hmm. exam either. But from that amount, 28 passed of those attended. And actually, I do have the number of the 273 that, it, that RSVP'd, 166 attended. No, sorry. From the 273 that were invited, 166 responded to, signed up, registered to take the exam, and then less than 166 actually showed up and 28 passed.
2: What was the time elapsed between the minimum qualification determination and the notification to employees to take the
27: performance examination? So, for this particular cycle, I'm not sure, but from what um, anecdotally it takes about a week, really. Yeah, we have we open it up. Um, well, more than a week it takes two weeks. We have a. Uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, minimum qualifications review and we provide, uh, 5 days for folks that didn't meet the initially meet the minimum qualifications to provide any further proof that they do. And then after that 5 day period, we move on to invite, um, the folks that do meet the minimum qualification. So, it's fair within 2 weeks, once we close that cycle, that announcement.
2: And do you have any data in terms of which component or components of the performance exam that most of the 166 applicants that took the performance exam failed?
27: I don't have exact data.
13: Yeah,
27: but anecdotally, what I've seen is um, the 40 words per minute is a bit um, is a popular <laughs> point where folks um, do uh, drop out. Mm-hmm.
9: Also, a related question, you have 50%
2: trainee attrition. Can you shed some light on that? So why only 50% pass? What's going on there?
26: Rob, you want to take this 1? Sure. Uh, again,
25: Rob response, deputy director, DEM. um. That typically is a mix between people who, uh during training and probation determine that the job is not the right fit for them. Um, that although they might have known intellectually that they would have that they have to work different shifts, midnight shift, swing shift, um, that um, some of these calls are traumatic. You might be giving CPR instructions to somebody with their loved one or um, domestic violence calls, things that can be really traumatic to take. Um, until they go through the training and until they are taking those calls live and experiencing that live, they, they really didn't have a sense of, of how this job would sit with them. And we do lose people who realize that this job just isn't for them. Um, that's probably close to about half of the people that we lose. The other half of the people we lose are people who we determine um, are just not able to um, do the job um, to the level that we require. Um, that, um, their call processing skills or, um, their uh, ability to handle busy, um, dispatch traffic uh, is not sufficient and is not improving at a rate that will get them there. Um, so we do, we do have high standards. Um, it is a very difficult job. Um, and we've. Continue to look at that question: whether there are any things that we can do to realistically lower that rate. I think um, to the issue about um, people deciding that the job is not right for them, uh, we are interested in bringing back dispatcher sit-alongs um, for applicants um, to at least give them that that small real-world sense of what the job is um, before we invest all that in them as a as a new hire. Um, and hopefully that can have some small impact on that. We haven't found anything that can really move
9: the needle dramatically, though, on that, uh, dropout rate.
24: Interesting. Thank you.
1: Uh, commissioners, any additional questions.
11: Is there anything you can suggest that the commission can help you with
26: Not at this time? <laughs>
11: If you ever need a letter of support, or if you have, we're open to suggestions.
1: Um, I know we're continuously looking at MQs. Uh, The 40 words per minute, is that embedded in the MQs? Is that...
26: um, It is embedded in the MQs. We did at one time lower it to 35 words a minute, Mm -hmm. and we found that the, the, the candidates that ended up in being hired in the academy, um, were na- not able to keep up.
1: So there's a noticeable difference between 35 and 40. Correct. Oh, interesting.
26: Yes. Um, Something to note uh, that we implemented recently was that when we administer the performance exam, anyone that that does not pass, um, but is able to type between 35 and 39 words a minute, is sent a link to retake the typing test. And mm-hmm. if they are able to sh- demonstrate that they can type 40 words a minute, then we will move them forward in the process.
1: Oh, good. Has that resulted in additional candidates successfully getting to the next stage?
26: We have, we just started this, so mm-hmm. I think it was a 40% pass rate.
9: At the retest
26: oh, little above 50% passing rate on the retest. To the next set. Okay, yeah to the next.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good your creativity and looking at how you can move the needle. Uh, and get more people into the poll is, uh, is really commendable. Okay, thank you. Um. Commissioner Leon. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, any additional questions commissioners? Okay. We're ready for a motion. Uh, 1st of all, thank you to the Department of emergency management and
11: I would with that, I would move to adopt the report.
1: Second. We have a motion uh, to adopt the report. This is agenda item number 17 and a second. If you're in the room and you have public comment, please come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now. we have public comment in the room. Please come to the podium.
28: Hi, my name is Bert Wilson. I'm a San Francisco nine one one dispatcher for 15 years. I'm also the chapter union San Francisco 911 president since 2014. I was uh, advised at this meeting at like 1:45 this afternoon. I've read this report, and to me, it's sugarcoating the problem we have in 911. We are severely understaffed, and the process of hiring people. And the delay is going to cause more problems due to retention. People want to leave because they're tired of working 14 to 16 hours per day. I heard some of your questions that you're asking the Chinese community. We have dispatchers that are more than willing to talk to the Chinese community to have them apply the 50% attrition. It's always been like that. I've been, I was hired back in 2008. I went through a two week program, put on the floor and passed. But when I applied, I think I applied June or July of 2007. I took my physical October, 2007. And because of some kind of list problem at human resources at DEM, I was bypassed to start in October. I was afraid to contact the department because I didn't want to be blacklisted. So I had my cousin, who was an HR director for the city, contact their HR to see what the mix up was. I was hired in January. So this nine month delay of hiring somebody, it doesn't work in this world anymore right now. A lot of young people, they apply, they wanna start working already. You can't wait nine months. And the, the process of the department has in their mind, they're gonna lose 50% people. You know, you hire 10, you're, going to, you're only gonna get five. It's, it's ingrained in their head, I don't know why. Uh, right now we have post 65 that started with nine. There's only three left in radio training. The floor is thinking maybe only one's going to make it. We have post 66 that just started. They're about to hit the floor this weekend or next weekend. They're going to graduate with a seven week class. It went from eight to seven. We'll see where that goes. But I think this mindset of just. The way they're hiring people and the way how they group people you read in this department. There's no room. We're going to have a brand new facility in January 2000 January. We're in a small facility right now, but we're supposed to have a backup facility in case our facility goes down for any reason, which is at 311 1 South NS. Why can't we use that room to train? I mean, these are questions that the union brings up to management all the time because we're concerned of losing more and more people. And the mandatory and it seems like the solution is mandatory overtime, Making dispatchers work 14 to 16 hour days. Drive an hour and a half to two hours from where they live because they can't afford to live in San Francisco drive back home. So you call that like 18 to 20 hour day every day. So there are some solutions that can be addressed now, but all I get is we're working on it. Uh, it.
1: Thank you for your Public comment. Would you tell me your name again, please?
28: Bert Wilson. Okay.
9: Thank you. Thank you. Good
15: afternoon, Commissioners. Naj Daniels, SCIU 1021. First, thank you for requesting DEM to come and report on the status of the hiring. This is a problem that has been ongoing since 2017. It predates me. I would also like to share with this body that SEIU has recently updated a white paper, which we have shared with the department, which outlines what we have asked the department and the city to do. Relieve the currently overworked dispatchers, double the resources and time being put into recruitment for this class and retention, long term solutions and short term, such as first responder retirement to attract and keep dispatchers here in the city, as well as a simple fix like capping the mandatory overtime with the intent of uplifting the health, wellness, and safety of the city workers actually doing the job right now. We can't be satisfied with not meeting the need. This report has outlined the need of 43 new hires per year. But in reality, the hiring is more like five new hires per year. Maybe two candidates successfully passing the training. Something needs to be done. Thank you, Commissioner Favetti, for inquiring about the process of backgrounds. Maybe here is another place to look at efficiency and timeliness. This is our most critical city service and all hands should be on deck to rectify the vacancy situation. We hope to have a meaningful conversation with the city and DEM to address this. We are absolutely grateful that the city and the department finally heard us and agreed to a six step, which helps a little with retention, but not recruiting. We hope to revisit this as SEIU and DHR engage in equity study conversations. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, Elizabeth, are there any callers on the line?
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Okay. Uh, We are ready for the roll call vote on agenda item number 17. Uh, This is to accept the report. Uh, Vice President Favetti? Aye. Commissioner Crowley? Aye. Commissioner Leon? Aye. Uh, and I vote aye. We have accepted the report from DEM on the status of 911 dispatcher. Okay, thank you. We are ready for the next agenda item. Um,
5: Item 18 appeal by Craig Martin of the human resources directors determination that investigative findings did not establish a Palin's complaint of retaliation recommendation of the human resources director adopt the report uphold the decision of the human resources director and
1: deny the appeal by Craig Martin. Okay. Are you Mr. Martin? Yes, I am. Would you have a seat for a minute, please, so that we can uh, get started?
29: Can I take a break and then come back in a minute or two?
1: Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Um, maybe we should all take a quick break. Oh, perfect. Yes.
9: <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're on break? Do we do anything?
5: Reconvene when we bring. Just for the record, the civil service commission is now taking a break at 440 PM. It's now 4:52 p.m.:
1: um, Good afternoon. Our meeting is resuming. We're on agenda item 18. Uh, our appellant is at the podium. I'm going to ask him to sit down just for a minute because I have a couple. I'm sorry.: of, I'm going to ask you to sit down for a minute. Okay. Uh, as I have a couple of questions for the department.
27: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Stephanie Medina. I am the EEO Program Senior Specialist with the Department of Human Resources, Equal Employment
20: Opportunity Division.
1: Okay, so um, I have a couple of questions before just I need to, I need context for what's happening. Um, This uh, appeal and hearing and packet is the first one that I have received since I've been on the Commission where the supporting documentation is just redacted yes uh the Commission received um unredacted versions I understand that what's posted is redacted and that the appellant received adapted uh, redacted versions is that correct that is correct okay so that's a change in Policy and procedure and practice, and I need to understand uh,
26: why. Uh, She will answer. Okay, thank you.
20: (laughs) Good afternoon, President Minor and Mm commissioners. My name is Jennifer Burke, I'm an EEO Programs Manager with DHR EEO. You're correct. This is the first week for these three appeals. We have done redactions for the public version um, where we've redacted the entire, um, report and exhibits for, or excuse me, the exhibits for, for the appellants.
1: And the rationale. Sure.
20: Um, so we have a, a number of rationales. Um, the first and foremost is that we, it's an administrative burden for our staff. So, to do the redactions, what we do is the EEO investigator reads through the entire um, report and exhibits, 300 and something pages for this um, report in front of you, and they line by line redact out personal compelling information um, that is not relevant to the complaint. They also take um, and they give um, acronyms to um, witnesses, they redact out witness names and give them um non-identifying information and so that process is quite um, an administrative burden then it goes to the EEO manager then it goes to director Martinez and then our administrative staff reviews those redactions it takes quite a long time mm-hmm. um, so it's labor intensive it's time consuming and it keeps us from doing EEO investigative work mm-hmm. um, As you know, as the commission knows, we have a backlog. Um, We're trying to process and streamline our process um, to do more EEO investigative work in a timely manner. Um, The other thing about this specific um, exhibit here is that except for two exhibits, the appellant has copies of all of the documents, um, except the investigative report and an email from between me and the city um, Between me and cat so the appellant has the documentation with the exception of our investigative report. We think that the um, staff report provides enough information for the appellant to understand the reasons why this appeal was um, excuse me by the determination was made um, and that did not corroborate the investigative findings. In addition, any complainant in the city can come and look at their EEO file. We don't prohibit that Um, they come to they're free to come to our office and look at their file. In addition, it's not relevant here, but
1: it would that would that include the investigative report?
20: Yes, yes, Um, it's not relevant in this case because this case is. Not as timely as we would like. This is a dated um, case. But in the third complaint that you'll see today um, before the commission, in our investigative process, when we don't have findings for a complainant, um, after we've done witness interviews, a respondent interview, looked at documentation, we do then do a rebuttal interview. And again, I apologize that this wasn't done in this case because that wasn't our standard at the time. But now we do have a standard where there's a rebuttal interview, and you'll see that document in the, the third appeal we talk about today. So, in terms of um, posting this information to the public, um, EEO files are not sunshineable, and so In order to preserve anonymity for people who are coming forward and producing information that helps us make a determination um, to help with our administrative burden and because we believe we give um, complainants or appellants enough information to make a determination or to understand why their case was closed. Um, This is the reason why we did it this week, but of course, we defer to the commission moving forward.
27: Um.
1: It, it would have been helpful to have had advance notice okay. the of this change okay um when um I looked at both the documentation that had been provided to me and then what was posted um, on the um, commission's website uh, in lieu um, under the sunshine ordinance for the public um the the redactions uh, were so significant without any explanation, you know. Um, And because in this area of EEO in particular, public trust and some sense of trust associated with transparency is just really important. You know, it's one of the things that Dr. Gould called out in his report. So things like redacting documents that are generated by the Civil Service Commission staff. You know, my question is, why? Um, You know, EEO is not the custodian of record of that document. And it's, it's, it's in the public domain because that's the way the EEO, that's the way the Civil Service Commission staff operates. And I also have some questions that I think are more appropriately asked and asked and answered in closed session, a legal counsel. Because you know, one of the questions now is, am I permitted to ask questions about documents that I've reviewed that the appellant hasn't reviewed? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, uh, so after reading everything and processing this i wasn't comfortable that i knew how to proceed today um again because it is so new and because um um i haven't gotten you know legal advice um about what this change means and how the change should be implemented and if we need to tinker with some of the recommendations that you've made about some of the things that should be redacted. Um, so, uh, commissioners before we decide how to proceed, uh, any additional questions? Yeah, I had to, I wanted to
11: add to that because, um, you've indicated that the appellant has the right to look at the investigative report. It wasn't clear to me that the appellant even knows that. Um, that's the 1st time I've heard that and I'm wondering if perhaps. Whether it's in the letter that the commission sends with advice about what the appellant can and cannot look at, uh, or it's in your letter that send you send to the appellant that you have the right to look at the investigative report and 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 other information. Um, so I was unclear if I was the appellant, I wouldn't know that necessarily. And I don't know that they are informed Appellants are informed of this. When, um, they are either appealing or whatever, but I, I totally agree. I was, um, I, I have a little process that I do and it's, I check out the public posting and then I look at our posting and then I go back to the public posting. It's just something I do almost every meeting. It's a. Um, it's an occupational hazard, <laughs> so I was uh, kind of shocked when I couldn't see, I can understand redacting. And I thought, oh, okay, some of this information we have is very sensitive. But when I saw that the appeal was. The, the the communication from the Civil Service Commission was also redacted. I was that that I thought was going a little bit further than I had anticipated ever. So anyway, so I would like to have um, I, I concur with um, President Miner's remarks, and I was rather concerned
1: myself, uh, Commissioner Crawley. Like my colleagues,
12: I find it difficult to sit here and mediate or arbitrate. Anything without information that's not in my inbox relative to this case in a fair and equitable way, and I don't believe I would be serving anyone that purpose without that information. Without reading it, understanding it and coming to a decision without it. So that's my point. Um, hold on
1: commissioner,
2: Lewin. Yeah, I I concur with the other commissioners. I I just have a basic question. Is it a department specific policy in terms of the redaction, Or is it a citywide practice of redaction? And if you, it's a department specific, do you also redact and you may not know the answer to this question. Do you also redact when you give out skelly packages or skelly hearing uh, packages to employees with uh, information like witness statements uh, redacted?
20: I don't know the answer to that. I apologize. Um, our standard has been to redact personal information. That's not relevant to the appeal and to identify or to, um, anonymize the witnesses and, um, other persons stated in, in the investigative report. Mm-hmm. And any personal information about the complainant that they revealed to us just for privacy concerns. But again, that takes line by line redacting. Um. Sometimes hundreds of pages, sometimes thousands of pages. Um, So we're trying to balance how do we do the EEO work that we want to do that all city stakeholders are telling us we're not doing fast enough. Um, And then asking investigators to line by line redact.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I appreciate that that's the balance that you have to seek and I think. Director Eisen, did you want to jump in here? I would, commissioner. Uh thank you.
14: First of all, uh I just want to apologize to the commission. I absolutely agree we should have come and talked to you about this before you saw your first report that's just a communications error within my own office and um we will strive to do better. Um I do want to say that um and I've raised this m- multiple times with your staff and with your attorneys around the issue of perhaps considering closed session for these appeals. They are almost by nature, uh, their personnel matters. I'm not the lawyer in the room, but I've always commonly understood that uh, personnel matters do have an exception in state law. And these reports are really lengthy the appeal portion of it is really just um the under the charter uh de- decisions of the human resources director are appealable to the commission and this is one of those areas so it's not truly an administrative appeal. they're not you're not exhausting your internal remedies when you come to this commission yet we essentially treat it in that manner so these are very thorough and um if we're going to continue to conduct these appeals in this manner and expect us to deal with the caseload that we deal with there's just no amount of you know mass uh, hiring event or anything we're going to do to keep up um so one option i would ask the commission to consider uh, is because these matters are inherently personnel matters that they be considered, they be taken up in closed session. That would eliminate the need for
1: redaction because then the, the document becomes privileged. So, uh, Director Eisen, I, I think you may recall that I too have raised the issue of, of the need for closed session for some of these appeals and that um, our city attorney um, has done extensive, uh, the city attorney for the commission has done extensive uh, research. Um, She has talked to some of the commissioners, your staff, as well as uh, conferring with her staff, that memo is not final as of yet. And I'm wondering if she would like to say something
13: um i'm happy to yes um i I think that this is a subject we had hoped to be able to address sooner and um i'll apologize on behalf of my office for the delay in getting you that memo um until we have that memo though which we were hoping would help streamline this process we can certainly address the appeals on um kind of a case-by-case basis unfortunately to go back to one of your original questions president minor you know what can we do to talk about the material that you saw but that was redacted from the public um setting aside whether or not even the appellant has had the opportunity to review that which i think is a a separate question that i understand is a serious one um it would not be appropriate to discuss matters that are personnel confidential issues that are worthy of redaction whether that's necessarily everything that was redacted or some portion of that it would not be appropriate to discuss for example the names of the people who I think most people would agree should be redacted which are you know the witnesses non-parties potentially people who um, are accused of misconduct but who are not here to speak on their own behalf Um, those types of conversations are Um, if it is a matter that we deem confidential, that's sufficient to redact it, we should not be having those conversations in a public forum. So. Setting aside, whether or not you're prepared to hear about it, these matters were not agendized to be closed session matters. So we cannot place them into closed session. Now, even today. Um, we haven't given the appropriate notice to the parties and interested folks about that. Um. So it's a bit of a two-parter here is that I think there needs to be some type of notice, at least going until we are able to finalize that memo and give the formal advice to both this commission and DHR on kind of an overall practice. If there are matters that are coming before the commission that are um, dealing with sensitive issues that require significant redaction, um, which it sounds like maybe more of these matters, that's kind of the assessment that's being done on DHR's part. Perhaps there can be some way, and I would defer to the executive director in terms of process and procedure to let us know that ahead of time, so we can properly agendize them. And, um, I think, giving notice to the appellant of the ability to review the file is also a critical issue. They need to be able to see the material that is going to be discussed. Um, nice thing about noticing things for closed session is that. If you determine, you don't want to hold it in closed session, or even after the closed session that you want to reveal mm. the content of that closed session, you can vote to do so. So it's a little bit of a. Um, you know, there's no downside to noticing that something may be in closed session. So that that's something we can. Probably start doing more immediately and um, that would hopefully alleviate concerns. I don't know if there's anything that can necessarily be done about the three matters currently on for today um given where they are in the in the kind of universe, but I'll I'll defer to again the executive director and the commissioners themselves in terms of what kind of questions or processes can be can take place. Um
11: okay. Um
1: could we hold we them over and, and note yeah, them sorry. and then and agendize them on? Um, can, we, can we, since Appellant Martin is here, uh, can we hear from him? Uh, Appellant Martin, um, I, don't, I don't want to discuss the substance of your case right now. I do understand that you had questions about the redaction. Do you want to share with us briefly?
29: Yes, I would. If, you, if I may, okay. I think the issue we're facing here is what's due process to the appellant. I don't. I got the 300 redacted pages, just like everybody else did. No one asked me, no one informed me that I could come in and look at it before this hearing. I would have signed the NDA if that's what they wanted. But what I would like to address, since you, you have the same questions I have, If we just deal right now, and I reserve my right to question what we come up with their report clearly states that just looking at the numbers. I was about to become permanent the day, the next day before I got fired, but looking at their report and everybody that is in their report. I work with, so there's no secrets of who we're talking about. But example, when they assigned me from 525 Golden Gate to Executive Park, the issue came up was that, well, I get here at 8 o'clock. There's no direct muni service or BART to Executive Park. You almost have to get off the, you know, it takes you 20, anyway. What my supervisor told me was that you can get a company car from the pool at Civic Center garage. You check it out, but you don't go on the clock until you get to the executive park. He then tells me that when you leave the executive park, you clock out. And If you're stuck on 101 coming across town at 530, you don't get there till 630, you're on your own. So those are just the records, if you look at the the checkout time of those vehicles that I had, you see that some nights on Tuesday nights during the Clark construction class, I was told you cannot charge overtime because Harlan Kelly, the general manager, did not want overtime on the books. I mean, I'm an employee, that's fine. What you may do is you may, you may come in, Late that morning, or you may come in late the next day, but you cannot put it, you cannot accrue that time you were going back and forth. As far as to my complaint about a hostile work environment, you know, my assignment was to go help LBEs get contracts with the city, period, any department. So I'm working trying to tell these folks how you respond to an RFP, how you language it. So when, when the first contract was approved, and it was like maybe $35,000 with the MTA and something else. The owner of the business wrote to Harlan Kelly bragging about what they have been able to accomplish. Well, Couple of things I was told. First, I was told by one supervisor, you don't do their freaking work. You make them do the heavy lifting. Well, I didn't see that as heavy lifting. I was just doing work, advise them how to do things. And then we're talking about the problems with LBEs in Bayview Hunters Point getting these contracts. And so I'm saying, well, they need to get a piece of that LBE contract on the sewer system improvement, which was in the city, or the water improvement, which was from the dam. So we're in general conversation, and, and my supervisor says to me, well, you know, the people in Bayview Hunters Point, they have a poverty mentality. And I'm wondering, well, you know, where'd that come from in a discussion about helping a business person who has a license and they've been business. So there's a comment about here that I had to be retrained on his computer business, I admit I was 65 years old or whatever it was. So, hold on. Hold on. Martin. Um,
1: what I think we want to accomplish today is a process understanding mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it's clear that a document that is a part of the packet that's been reviewed by the commissioners, you have not had the opportunity to see. And um, EEO staff has indicated that that document would be available to you if you came in. I want to clarify that it is for in-office inspection only, no copying, is that correct? Can you say it? (laughs) So that's just a minute. Okay. So, but that's correct. Okay. And so, because of that, I think the commissioners believe that we should not hear this today, but you're here, you've sat through the meeting and I wanted to give you an opportunity to address the procedural process issue, not the substantive issues involved in your complaint, because we're gonna ask you to come back um, and, and, and we'll give you a full opportunity to do uh, it then. Uh,
29: so, but I would respectfully request that you allow me to just make, give me, I got three or four paragraphs I just wanna highlight. So when you're reviewing these documentations, you at least have, my rebuttal since I'm here to the staff report. And there are no names mentioned. There's just incidents that I would like to address to give you the the background and the flavor of what's go, what was going on at the time. So you can appreciate my comments with respect to the redacted portion that I've not seen that I clearly know what's in there because it involves me and the people I interact with for a couple of years. So I'm not looking to Name names, but I would like to at least take the time to respond to the report that was made for you. That's in the public domain. And so I'd like to get my version. On the record without naming names, if you if you allow me to.
1: Okay. Uh, Commissioners. I, I, I'm going to set a time limit. I'd like to give you 5 minutes because you're going to come back yeah. and you'll have, you know, a full opportunity to address the commission and respond and rebut the presentation that you will hear when you come back. Is that okay. my 5 minutes here? That's 5 minutes. All right. Um, our staff has a,
29: has a clock. So, if I, if I can just go through the report on page 2. They admit that I was told to take flex time rather than accrue compensatory time whenever I covered the Clark classes. No dispute about that. I never met or interacted with Kathy Howe. My only relationship with Kathy Howe was that I was told to go had a meeting with Kathy Howe. I was going to be reassigned. When I got there, they apparently sent me an email that I didn't get because I went to the meeting. And so I'm sitting there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and the secretary finally says, you need to leave because we canceled the meeting, which is fine. But. I never had any written assignment while I was there. I was given verbal assignments. They say, well, you know, he didn't write stuff very well. Well, I have to admit that I got an undergraduate degree from Stanford, a law degree from UCLA. I know how to write what I and it's offensive that they tell me that people had to correct my writing. He says he cut and paste. Well, there's a quarterly report on the water system or the sewer system project. So the report described itself, what's changed each quarter was, what is the certified payroll records? What do they show? Are these people certified? Are they listed? And the other thing was that most report was just the same stuff. It described the project and then it says, I was not performing at a satisfactory level. Well, if someone had told me what I was supposed to do objectively, when I got word that they wanted me to cope, come up with deliverables, I contacted the people I worked with in those Clark classes and said, listen, would you write a recommendation for me? That's how they that's how they came out. They said, I'd be happy to, Craig. So that's where those recommendations come from. Well, I did ask for them. Um, So they say, you know, I was not meeting my performance goals, and I was never given any goals. So I can't meet them if you don't tell me. You tell me, go help LBEs. The ones I helped, they wrote the letters. One said that Ken Lim, he was a business accounting guy. He was working on the books. I was working on how to wordsmith their proposals. And so that caused friction. Um... And so these these reports and analysis. Well, nobody had any reports other than the quarterly reports. There's the only part that we had to do. The only other thing I was doing was advising contractors how to get business. No one counseled me on my work product. If you look at the emails that I submitted from my manager and supervisors, there's no mention of anything of performance. There was, well, you didn't tell me you were going on vacation. Well, I sent you an email requesting vacation for March was my birthday. And, and uh, anyway, but, and so they said there's testimony in contemporary documentation showing that supervisors counseled me. I would like you, when you get these records, to look and see how they counseled me and the data how they counseled me and how that, how that relates to those independent recommendations that are in the record. So I didn't write those, they're independent. And the reason why they come up then would be because when I asked my manager to quit calling me bro, at my age, it was offensive and insulting to be addressed as bro, bro this, bro that. And I just said, don't call me bro. He's okay, I'll call you Mr. Martin, you know, whatever. But just don't call me bro. Call me Craig, call me whatever, hey fella, but bro is insulting to me as a black man. He's not a black man, I'm not his brother, we don't run the same circles, we don't hang out, we don't drink, we don't socialize, and I get called out of my name every day. And I just said, stop it. We would have a staff meeting every Friday, the whole team and he says he never met with me i got 29 seconds i took the camp i i would go in a in a city vehicle to moccasin to advise the local business enterprises on the pipeline because they get the same benefits if you don't have to be in san francisco if you're on the pipeline you get the same benefits no one questioned about charging time Leaving here in the car, going to moccasin and coming back. No one charged time about going to the Anyway, thank you very much. And I will look, Oh, and just in closing, I've been waiting. Since 2017 for this hearing, I guess, you know, that in the records and I'm, I'm. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank what you. You have for me. Okay.
1: Um, no, we're going to have you come back. Okay. Um... So, uh, let's see, and, uh, appellate Martin, you are interested in seeing the file. And who should he contact to make arrangements? I will, I will reach out to you. Ms. Martin. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, commissioners, I think we should, um, I'd like to, to make a motion that we, um, uh, postpone this for, uh, let's
11: see. I would like to do 18 19 and 20.
1: Um, this is the same issue it's the same issue. I, I are the appellants here. Uh, I know that,
9: uh. Don't...
4: Excuse me, commissioner minor, yes, they uh, uh, said, uh, 1 of the appellants is virtual
1: okay which one can you
4: for, for, uh, number oh i see uh-huh uh-huh okay.
1: yeah we should we should probably check in to make sure they understand what's going on and the other one was uh 21 21 uh Jared Harris, no. appellant Harris. No, Edward.
11: No, it's Eduardo or Guerrero. Or, or, or. Oh,
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. that's solution
13: um, 20. Yeah. If I may, okay. President Minor, um, you will have to vote on each one
24: separately, separately
1: because it's a separate agenda. Yeah, correct. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So let's do 18 first.
11: Okay. So I would move to postpone. Um, the appeal by Craig Martin to our next meeting. And have that held in closed session and include, uh, information that I don't know if we should go from the Department of human resources or civil service commission, um, with regard to the, the mechanism and contact person or contact information in order to see the full file prior to the, or would we need to do that for.
1: Um I yeah, I think that I'd like to make sure so um if the the to have it calendared as a closed session mm-hmm. until such time as we get um more instruction from the city oh, okay. attorney's office um, would be my the, recommendation. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. then that would that, okay. then
11: we would just to have it held over um in order to hold it in closed session and a date to be determined
1: and um because um so the next two meetings are October 2nd and October 16th right is the second too soon Okay. okay yeah
11: so if we say not date not certain then we can
5: just because with staff reports due 11 days before the deadline for the appellant to submit any additional information is 5 days before. That does not give much time for appellants to schedule time
1: to visit Department of Human Resources. Okay. Um, do, Do we want to schedule for a date certain or give you some flexibility to work with the appellant and the department?
5: Right, if we can do so, I'm not sure if 1 of the appellants is present, but it would probably be helpful if, um, I could have conversations with, uh. Craig Martin, uh, Eduardo and Portipa, and I apologize, I cannot pronounce the last, mm-hmm. but, um, I want to be able to explain the process. So they understand because some may not be
1: aware that they can request to see the redacted documents. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, so I guess the motion will not have dates, but they will be scheduled So a date to be determined. Mm -hmm.
13: City Attorney Kate Kimberlin, I would just be clear in the motion that it's to agendize the matter as a closed session Mm -hmm. matter as opposed to a motion to hold it in closed session, because you'll have to make that Mm -hmm. you'll have to. um, you know, vote like at the actual meeting.
1: So let's go back. Vote to go into closed session. Let's
11: yeah. hold this over to agenda as closed session for de- comi- uh, consideration by the
1: commission okay. at a date to be determined. Okay, thank you. Thank and you. is there a second? Uh, okay, we have a motion on a second to uh, hold over uh, uh, agenda item number eighteen, uh, the Craig Martin appeal. Um, And uh, a determination as to whether to agendize in closed session when it is rescheduled. Uh, If you have public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, uh, press star three.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
1: Okay, uh, Commissioner, so Roll call vote on agenda item number 18. Uh, Vice President Favetti, aye. Commissioner Crowley, I think that deny. Commissioner Crowley, <laughs> Commissioner aye. Leon, aye. And I vote aye. We voted to uh, hold over. Uh, Agenda item number 18, the Craig Martin appeal to permit um, the appellant an opportunity to review the file in EEO and uh, thereafter uh, to determine if the matter will be agendized for closed session. Um, appellate Martin, thank you for being here and for your comments. Uh, we did listen carefully and EEO, thank you for uh, being forthright with us and discussing this issue that has needed some discussion in the past, and I think we will work with you to come up with a procedure that uh, is uh, that's just better, better for the department, better for the appellants, and hopefully continue to expedite uh, the closure of our EEO cases. So, thank you. Um, 18 uh, 19 and 20 we will handle similarly. Um we s I see um 19. I cannot pronounce her, oh I'll let I'll let you gonna call it 19. Okay. Item, item 19,
5: appeal by Pontiba Rojandi Chaco of the Director of Transportation's determination to administratively close Appellant's complaint of retaliation, recommendation of the Human Resources Director, adopt the report, uphold the decision of the Director of Transportation, and deny the appeal by Pointhipa
1: Rojan-Dakshu Good afternoon, Appellant. Are you hearing us okay? Yes. Okay, very good. Have you been listening to our discussion? Yes. Okay. And so there is um, a document that you have not had access to that if you are interested, you can review in the EEO office. Um, We are assuming you would like to see that document before we proceed with your case. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, all right. And um, you will, uh, the district's EEO office will reach out to you uh, to work with you in scheduling a time for you to come into their office to review the document. And then the Civil Service Commission staff will work with you to reschedule. Okay. Okay. All right. So thank you for being here today. Uh, but we think that this is the appropriate way to proceed. So we will invite you to come back once all of those things are taken care of. So what's going to happen now is the commission will make a motion to continue, um, your case, and it will be probably a month out before we'll have you back, um, to resolve the appeal. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Um
11: so I would move to uh holding the uh appeal by porn. Perth- Purtipa uh Rojandekakul cool, uh over to uh a meeting to be de- the meeting date to be determined in order to agendize on the uh in closed session.
1: Okay. Second. So we have a motion and a second to um, uh, continue this matter as per agenda agenda item 18. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three.
0: President Miner, no public comment at this time.
1: Okay. Uh, Commissioner roll call vote on agenda item number 19, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crowley. Aye. Commissioner Lian. Aye. And I vote aye. Uh, we are postponing this matter to a future date to give the uh, appellant an opportunity to review the EEO investigative file. And thereafter, we will uh, make a determination as to whether this should be Uh, Agenda is for closed session. Um, Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item.
5: Item 20, appeal by Eduardo Guerrero-Ortiz of the Human Resources Director's determination that investigative findings did not establish appellant's complaint of harassment and discrimination. Recommendation of the Human Resources Director, adopt the report, uphold the decision of the Human Resources Director, and deny the appeal by Eduardo Guerrero-Ortiz.
1: Is appellant Ortiz, uh, with
9: us. Did we hear from him? Did he confirm?
0: Uh, President minor, this is Elizabeth, um, appellant Ortiz did not accept the Webex invite, or did we hear from him?
1: Okay, okay.
11: Um, uh, in view of this entire situation that we've been dealing with, I am reluctant to automatically, even though I have read the materials. Uh Um, and have formulated. An opinion to a certain degree, I would want to make sure that if the appellant has want to present his case that I would want to hear it. Okay so for that, I would move to that we hold it over this matter over to a date uh, to be determined in order to agendize
1: in closed session. Okay. Uh, is there a second? Second. Okay. We have a motion and a second to hold over uh, agenda item 20 uh, to give the appellant the same opportunity as appellants in 18 and 19. And to subsequently make a determination as to whether um, this case would be agendized in closed session as well. And we have our director who's going to make public comment.
3: Yes, uh, President Minor, Vice President Favetti and fellow commissioners, I just wanted to apologize um, for the for the oversight and obviously look forward to continuing to collaborate. Continuing to work very closely on improving our processes and, you know, streamlining our investigations in order to obviously, you know, come to a quicker closure. So again, I apologize and looking forward to working collaboratively with you to improve our processes. And again, thank you for my amazing team for the hard work that they do and their commitment to the EEO. Thanks again. Good night. Thank you.
1: Um, did I hear a motion? There was a motion and a second. Okay. Um, is there any more public comment? I'm sorry, I'm losing it. Uh, okay, we're ready for the roll call vote, Commissioners. Um Vice President Favetti. Aye. Commissioner Crowley. Aye. Commissioner Leon. Aye. And I vote aye. Um, so we have uh the motion passes and we are treating 18, 19, and 20 as cases that will come back to us, so. We are ready for the next agenda item.
5: We are now on the separations agenda item 21 request for a hearing by Jared Harris, former senior human resources analyst 1244 on their future employment restriction with the city and county of San Francisco recommendation of the human resources director uphold the San Francisco human services Agency's decision to permanently restrict Jared Harris future employment with the city and deny the appeal. Mm Okay, thank you. Is the appellant with us?
9: Um, Elizabeth, is the appellant virtual?
0: President Minor, um no, he is not. And also uh, the same thing, did not accept the invitation or communicate it with us.
1: Okay executive officer you have no information.
5: I did not receive any information. Elizabeth, were we able to check uh, if the appellant may have called in?
0: If Appellant Harris is on the line, if you can press star 3. If Appellant Harris is on the line, please press star 3 so I can unmute you. I don't think he's called either.
9: Okay, um, no, no representative either. Let's see, Uh,
1: Commissioners, how would you like to proceed? Um. The department is with us, right? Is that, um,
30: Katrina Williams, director
1: Williams. Okay. I thought so. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, commissioners. How would you like to proceed? Uh, I thoroughly read this report.
11: Um, and although there were commentary and, and general policy of the city is that if a person is incarcerated, um, there's not leave granted. Um, I do know by from experience that indeed what does happen and depending on departments and managers that, uh, and depending on the conviction record and the the conviction that there are managers that have in the past approved personal leave. That being said, in this case, we are dealing with a senior personnel analyst who understands well, the procedures in person in human resources and. If I should have, and even just by being a human resources or a uh, analyst um, and at that level would know about the conviction history report as we receive today and the policy and the procedure and the appeal. So, in view of the fact that he um, knew all this and should have known all this that. Indeed, a recommendation as serious as not back to the city and county of San Francisco is likely and possibly warranted. I'm i'm I've gotten to a point in life where it's really difficult for me at this point. I'll be very honest, to do a lifetime ban to a person because I know that they can change. On the other hand, this was a very serious uh, situation where he had many opportunities uh, to notify the city. The city could have accepted a resignation. He would have resigned in good standing and he could have been reappointed, depending on the conviction history and the, the nature of the conviction could have been reemployed by the city. So that I, um, uh, that's my, my precursor and would open to be open to other commentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
9: Um. Commissioner Lewin. I echo your sentiment, Vice President
2: Fetty. I completely agree with your assessment.
11: Uh, and then, as far as a permanent ban, a lifetime ban, um, I'm not sure what everybody feels on those. Um, I think it's important. Um, I would be open to suggestion, um, but okay. on the other hand, I can understand it perfectly why that's being recommended.
1: Um, I understand the recommendation as well. And, um, as I thought on uh, thought about, um, the circumstances, and I know, um, only what was presented to the commission. And, and also, but thinking about, um, our, uh, conviction report that we received today and the opportunities that the city. Uh, creates for people who have been incarcerated, Um, I kept coming to maybe a 10-year ban, um, you know, subject to um, the Director of Human Resources making the determination of uh, rehabilitation. Um, Pretty much the same standard that we have in our conviction policy um and and but that's my thought i'm not wedded to it but um that's what i was thinking 10 years rather than a lifetime
11: that's i would agree with that Tenure ban to the city and county of san francisco yeah
1: yeah um i'm wondering if the department has any comments
11: we
30: of course, based off of the the facts that have been shared in our efforts to um interact with um Mr. Harris, we move forward with the um the lifetime ban because we believe that he's perfectly he was aware at the time of uh what our policies are. He had been a party to other discipline for employees. And um, as stated in, in our initial report, we believe that uh, conduct, the way he conducted himself was unethical and, you know, it's a privilege to work for the city and county. I do, however, understand um, that a lifetime ban is severe and understand that, you know, if we wanted to add a time frame, the department is not opposed to that, but we do feel that um, Mr. Harris's conduct
12: was egregious.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your comments, uh, Commissioner Crawley.
12: Madam Chair, I'd like to thank the uh, department for chiming in. Uh, It's helped clarify this, but as we're at a different time and a different place, I would accept your uh, motion of 10 years as acceptable and I would second that motion.
1: Thank you. So we have a motion and a second to,
9: um.
1: Impose a 10 year uh, citywide ban. If you have public comment on the motion, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, you may press star three now.
0: President Minor, no public comment at this time.
11: Oh, 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 a I, I suggestion from Can I make a friendly amendment? Yes. Do that, and that would be also that would be 10 year ban, satisfactory employment, uh, evidence of satisfactory employment and
1: evidence of rehabilitation.
12: Second as amended.
1: Thank you. Um, okay, we'll do the roll call vote. Vice President Favetti. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Crowley. Uh, Commissioner met? Crowley, we we're just voting on this motion. Oh
12: i I'm asleep. <laughs> the, I'm the 1, you
1: 2nd, <laughs> and commissioner Lynn. aye. Okay. Thank you. And I vote aye. Okay. Uh, the motion carries, uh, imposing a 10 year ban citywide ban, um, and after 10 years, evidence of rehabilitation, um, Satisfactory satisfactory, satisfactory employment.
11: I wanted to also thank. uh, I'm going to echo uh, Mm -hmm. Commissioner Crowley's uh, appreciation to the departmental representative. Miss Williams.
1: Thank you. Thank you manager Williams. Yes, thank you. Okay. We're ready for the next agenda item.
5: Item 22, request for a hearing by Sandra Zuniga, former Manager 40932, on their future employment restriction with the City and County of San Francisco. Recommendation of the Human Resources Director, uphold the Department of Public Works decision to permanently restrict Sandra Zuniga's future employment with the City and deny the appeal.
1: Okay, um, thank you. I can see the Department is here and is the appellant still with us
27: I'm here um I w- I wanted to request a continuance to December 4th I have counsel my counsel is not available today so that is my request
1: on uh, to December 4th correct okay is is this the first continuance for this matter Yes, this, Oh, um, I'm sorry, I was asking our uh, executive officer. Got it. This is the first request
5: by the appellant to request postponement uh-huh. uh, and um, however, when we checked with the department's availability, they were not available to, at the date that the appellant requested it, but they are also in disagreement with the postponement request. That is why the appellant is here now before the commission making this request. I see.
9: Um When <clears throat> when remind me when the appeal was initially uh, filed with the commission? And-
5: June eleventh. Was it August of 2020?
7: I don't know the exact date. It was in 2020, for so 20, sometime in 2020.
1: Um, Director Hill. Um. You oppose the requested continuance?
30: Yes. to the, Sorry. Um, Karen Hill, Director of Human Resources for San Francisco Department of Public Works. Um, yes, um, until December 4th, um, we are
9: available to postpone um, either October 2nd or November 6th.
1: and what
9: about december 18th? You said december 18th?
1: December 18th. I'm asking you, would you be available then? No. No. Okay. Um is is the appellant at liberty to uh give us a, a more information about um, the need for this postponement. And did you indicate you have counsel? Yes. It's so and they were not available today. Correct. And how much notice did council have about this hearing?: About two weeks. Okay.
24: Um, Commissioner.
2: So I just want to know, since I'm a newbie here, I want to know in terms of a postmon postmon postponement uh, request policy or practice, do we typically grant if uh, appellant asks for a postponement, we generally grant it.
5: If it is the appellant's first postponement request, we will grant the first request, but that's with the department in agreement Mm -hmm. that they are available at. We designate a future meeting date. This is just different because the department was in disagreement. They are not available on the date of December 4th.
9: Um.
1: So, DPW, if uh, the appellant has counsel. Who's advising and counsel is not available today. And this is the first opportunity. This is the first time that appellant has requested a continuance. We would typically want to grant the continuance, particularly if, you know, appellant has counsel and the counsel is not here to present, to represent and to support um, her appeal. Um, and so i'm I'm just kind of struggling with how to do this i It's obvious that this case has been pending, and um a lot of effort has gone into preparing the staff report. Um, can you help us come up with an alternative date that could work for you and the appellant? Um the DPW uh director of HR is conferring with her colleagues for those of you who are I'm sorry online. <laughs> <That's
24: okay.
9: Sorry. laughs> Or conversely, if the department has offered two dates, I'm wondering if the Pellandino attorneys would be available in either of those two dates. No, because mm-hmm. I'm not here. That so, are we not able to use November 6? No, that's not an option. I know October 2nd is like only a couple of weeks, but November 6.
1: Uh, At
27: I would have to ask my attorney. Um, should I communicate through Sandra Ing?
1: Um, meaning, you you will not be able to do that today. No, this okay. is a future conversation. Correct. Huh. Would not. Okay. Happen. Okay. Um, Executive officer. Uh, Assuming there is a continuance today, are you going to be able to work with both parties to try to find a date that will work? I can do that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Director Harris? Hill. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Harris. Yeah, Harris. Hill. 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 <laughs> There's
11: an H. I got the
1: H I'm so sorry. Yeah, my apologies. Goodbye. I'll take that one. Particularly when you're standing right in front of me, of course, I know um, Okay, so I, I think where we are is that we will ask our executive officer to step in and work with both parties and uh, come up with a date um, this year and that we'll be able to uh, conclude this matter before the commission so that it can be agendized um before the end of the year okay do you need a motion um do we need a motion i don't think so
9: do you want a motion
11: taking action
1: Okay, uh, but it's easy enough to do a motion.
11: Yeah, okay, let's go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are uh, going to postpone this matter at a date to be uh, mutually, or no, to, to a date to be determined, uh, and requesting that the executive officer work with the parties to determine such. Okay.
1: And uh, is there a second? Second. Okay, we have a motion and a second to continue. Uh, Agenda Item Number 22, uh, to a future date with the Executive Officer for the Commission, working with um, uh, Director Hill and the Appellant and Appellants Council to find an alternative date um, before the end of this calendar year. If you're in the room and you have public comment, you may come to the podium. If you're on the phone, press Star 3 now.
0: president minor no public comment at this time
9: um, director eisen
1: is there something
14: uh president minor members of the commission i i just wanted to uh echo the concerns of the department this has been pending for a long time this the very unusual facts associated with this case and to wait months uh so that uh it, attorneys can be present to argue about future employability i'm i'm sure i'm not sure that that's something that we're particularly comfortable with if it Mm -hmm. can't happen this meeting i understand that but it's my view it should happen with all due haste either at your next immediate meeting or no later than one after that to wait Mm -hmm. deep into the year or even next year given the facts surrounding this case i think is just uh i understand the commission wants to uh give everybody all Do opportunity that and I I generally support that, but I believe the facts as presented Mm -hmm. and the issues raised in the appeal that were raised without any supporting evidence of any sort. uh, I would urge this commission to act as quickly as you can.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you, Director Eisen. Take that under take that into consideration. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, roll call vote. Uh, Vice President Favetti. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Crowley? Commissioner Leon? Aye. And I vote aye. We have uh, approved the motion to continue this matter to a future date with the understanding that we will uh, calendar this as expeditiously as possible and appreciate both the appellant and uh, Director Hill and 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 her team working with our executive officer to find a new date. Thank you. Thank you.
20: Thank you, you, commissioners.
1: Okay, um. The next uh, agenda item number 23, which I think has already been postponed.
5: Correct. We are now on item 24 commissioners announcements and our requests. I just wanted to compliment you on the new logo. Thank you to my yeah.
11: deputy yes. Luria, and to yes. the set. I, I thought to myself what? <laughs> what's this? <laughs> Although I like the miner and the and the phoenix and everything, but this was very nice. I wanted to say I thought to myself, oh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, it's a light it's era, and it, it's very nice. Thank you very much. Next, Next morning. Logo? Oh no, this one right here yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, and I did get the latest knowledge. Of.
2: it's a new, it's a new, okay, right? Oh. <laughs> Been left out
1: before. No. <laughs> <laughs> get
7: used to it.
1: Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so any, any other announcements. Well, we have uh, a commissioner who has survived. His first meeting.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Not the eight hours, but only four
5: hours.
1: Right. That was fun. We're ready for the last agenda item. Item
5: 25 German. It is now six oh one PM. Okay. Thank you, very Thank, much. You.
11: Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um.